episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Now is the time to help us out, and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episode, become a sponsor, or do all of the above. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Jan going home on a singing challenge? Oh, the producers must be having a field day. The queens were tasked to write a track that will be inspiring enough for RuPaul to snatch another Emmy nomination. But when the results result in an all-star first, the face is about to be cracked again. It's time to talk all things All-Star 6. And joining me is a thought from VA. Say hey to DJ Gray. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I'm so excited to talk shit about this episode. (laughs) I know. Me too. (laughs) Because <laughs> um, the producers made it so easy for us. It was so good. The last five minutes, I was yeah. Thinking- yeah, it was. The editors are doing really well this season. I have to give it to them. They put that little inkling of like what would happen in tie a couple episodes ago. You didn't think would actually happen. Mm-hmm. It happened. It mm-hmm. happened, and the result was she's getting a new robe out of it. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a little heavy handed, but it's um it's doing the job for sure. It is. It is. And like I've I've not watched any of these YouTube videos, but there have been many a YouTube video about people being like um like trying to either defend Jan or rip her apart because of how producers are editing her. And we'll find out where I stand later. <laughs> I'm feeling but, yeah. I have to be honest. I'm feeling the Janice. I'm so okay. I'm, okay. I'm happy. I'm happy for her. <laughs> No, it's for me, and I've said it on the podcast before, what we're seeing on the show, I will say, is kind of authentic because this is the person I know, sure. um, not always the best person. And it, you know what? It, it's, it is what it is. When, when RuPaul called yourself centered, maybe that's the, the wake up call. It didn't happen. So it was a fun episode. It was definitely a journey. And you know what? When it comes out at like three o'clock in the morning, it's always fun to have those moments and then not sleep for the next four hours because you're like, uh-huh. what is Reddit saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, like this coming out at three o'clock in the morning has just completely disrupted my sleep schedule. Um, Correct. And, Me too. Uh, I'm going to continue to do it because I have to watch it as soon as it comes out. Right. And like, so I was doing this already with Down Under because again, I don't like to be spoiled any what would happen with Down Under is I would open Instagram and the first thing would pop up is Art Simone's look. I'm like, Art, you're ruining it for me. Right. I get it. We're not the target audience. They are. They have a, they're on their own schedule. But this time I was like, I, I don't want to be spoiled and I know people will message me. So let me be the first one to watch it and I'll sleep through all the messages and respond to them later. But yeah. it's been an interesting season. You've been enjoying it? I've really been loving it. Yeah, I mean, of course, when the, the cast was leaked a zillion years ago, I was like, okay, so I don't really know who our front runner is. Um, I'm kind of confused right. about like what this is going to be like. But part of the excitement for me for this season has been like, really anybody could win. Like, except for Serena yes. Chacha. Except for Serena Chacha. Pretty much anybody could <laughs> anybody could win, which has been cool. It's true. No, I, I, I completely agree with that. And that's what is exciting because the bar was low. This cast is, I've <laughs> joked many times. It was some stars. It was not a group of all stars. And 
that's my only fear of certain people winning. Like I am not ever, ever going to be team Raja, but I respect her growth. So you putting Raja in a hall of fame next to Alaska Trixie, that doesn't work with my fantasy. But <laughs> prove me wrong and I will live for it, but I'm not feeling that right now. So that's my only hesitance with this current season. Otherwise, they, they've been exceeding expectations. Uh-huh. I don't know. I have maybe a, um, a different perspective on it. Uh, maybe a little bit more optimistic. See, someone like Raja to me kind of represents what the show is so much about now is watching sure. people grow and watching people, um, you know, see themselves in their previous season and making adjustments. And sure. I think Raja D. O'Hara is like one of the best talking heads that we've ever had on the entire series. Anytime mm. she starts talking, I stop and I have to listen. So yeah. someone like her, someone like her winning could be very, very cool. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I love this cast. Yeah, it's a, it's a very strong cast. It's a fun cast. And you know what? Let's dive into it. Yeah. Kylie got into confidence boost after winning the lip sync. She won that money. She promised Gizmo that she'd buy them a house, but $10,000, not going to be enough. She got to make more money. Eureka thinks Kylie was incredible and made it look easy. Her body flipping over itself. Well, Ginger reminds Eureka that their bodies do the same, but... It's usually coming down the stairs. When you can read yourself, you can read everybody else. Ginger, that's why I love you. Um, <laughs> she, she's always good at self-deprecation in a funny way, not in like a, oh my God, I want to slip my wrist way. Yeah. Um, Ginger. See, Ginger is someone this season that I'm really struggling with. I loved her so much in season seven. Uh-huh. Um, and... On All Stars 2, I also really liked her and I felt bad when she got eliminated. For whatever reason, this time around, I just am not connecting with Ginger the way that I have been hoping to, you know, because she's someone- That is completely fair. Yeah. I, I, I think the thing with Ginger is the looks. The challenges she's doing, mm-hmm. exceptional. Mm-hmm. We have had, I really, if you got dive into it, the evolution from All Stars 2 until now has been- heavily focused on runways mm-hmm. and ginger is still very much stuck in that campy classic drag mm-hmm. so when she brings her best it's not like quote unquote aquaria level or shake coulee level it's not in the same ballpark mm-hmm. but she's still doing okay and i think that's our disconnect is we fell into this world of fashion mm-hmm. that ginger minge is never going to do ever like it's impossible yeah, and it, it doesn't seem to be much of like a resource problem and more of like a taste problem. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, what it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ginger is an incredible drag queen. Ginger Man right. is, I mean, she's she's one of the you know most popular that have come out of the series. She's she's really yeah. incredible. But there's there's something. I mean, it's it's the same thing I feel about Nina West. Mm. Excellent drag queen. Mm. Terrible taste. Mm-hmm. Terrible taste. Um. But that's just, that's how our mind has been like working with Drag Race, I feel. Is it all comes down to the runway when maybe we should like, maybe maybe there should be a season of all camp and a season of all fashion to put those uh, contestants together. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, and celebrate each style of drag because they're all different. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the downsides of the show becoming so successful is that what is expected of them every season now is just ridiculous what they have exactly the fashion they have to bring in it's it's um so even even when they have something that is 
a total, I mean, even this runway, for example, and you know, I'm sitting ahead a little bit. I mean, Ginger looked great, but you know. Yeah, such you a, put her next to Kylie and you're like, no. no. Yeah. yeah. It's never gonna work. If Ginger wore that on like one of the earlier seasons, she would have won just from the runway. So exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it's an evolution of the show that we as viewers have to remember is it's evolving and some queens don't fit that. And I feel like Pandora's in a, a prime example of that. Like, oh yeah, still excellent what she does, but not in the modern age of Drag Race. Yeah, we've been conditioned as an audience to expect certain things from the show. And so yep. even when Incredible Queens fall short a little bit, which like for other standards would still be very like, you know, top of the line. Exactly. It's, um yeah, it um it makes us shudder for a second, which yeah. you know, is weird. Well, Ginger didn't know what to expect from Kylie and she now has found that the thing that sets her over the edge, she is competition. Don't underestimate Miss Kylie. We have our lipstick reveal. Kylie first says that her there was no way in hell she was putting her uh, Raja's lipstick near her titty. With one vote for Raja, the other six were for Akira, and Raja does feel it's bittersweet because her sister left the competition. She doesn't want to feel the bottom again. She felt like she fell flat on her face, and she needs to shake it up. So it was a wake-up call. Jan looks around the room and sees five people who have won a challenge and two people who have not, and those happen to be Eureka and Pandora, who happen to be sitting on the same couch. Coincidence? I think not. This is Pandora's third opportunity to be there. She came ready to win, so she's frustrated because she's been safe and top, but hasn't won. Jan says she's done well and hasn't really gotten a negative critique. Pandora has let other people have their moments and hasn't spoken up much, but don't mistake that as not having the fire or wanting to be there. She, it's time to ramp it up. She is Pandora Box. She is a legend, darling. This is what spooked me when we got this confessional because I was like, oh, she's talking for once. Are we going to lose her today? Is Pandora leaving? Yeah, it's been interesting with with Pandora this season because she has a very different energy. You know, a lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of the, some earlier seasons, um, they didn't have to be so um, wild. They didn't have to. Uh, they could have kind of like calmer personalities. They they didn't have to be right. you know one ten like Jan. And so um, it is interesting to see a Pandora dynamic up against you know a Jan, for example, because right. the energy that's being put into it is just very very different. So that is very interesting. I think Pandora, and she kind of alluded to it in the first episode, she got destroyed after being so anti-Mimi on first. Granted, her feelings were valid. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were paired with Mimi on first um, in an all-star season, you too would want to feel bitter against the world. <laughs> so she tried to, to switch it up a little bit and bit, has been a lot more passive. I've seen her perform. She's very sweet. She's very funny. And her brand of comedy is very passive. And five minutes later, you get the joke because it's too smart for TV. But it's it's hard to be that character from eight years ago in this first Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pandora is learning that the very, very hard way. Um, but for me, just like Scarlett, she's not getting the respect she deserves from Rue. Because there are times she could have been on that stage getting at least a critique, not a win, but it's fucking up her track record. Yeah, this is another example of, of the time where you kind of see the producers at work, you know, because, you know, spoiler, 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 but like, what is the next episode gonna look like for someone right, who maybe has not gotten the attention that they, you know, um, maybe could have or would have otherwise um, when we know that that type of a challenge is something that they have excelled in in the past. So I don't know, 
it does feel a little heavy handed, but the show loves now to set people up um, for failure and also success in a way that can be very, very confusing. So exactly. Yeah. It's it, again, because we all watch these reality shows, we know how to watch it in a different perspective and a different vantage point. Now we know when we're being set up for something. So anytime you can give us a diversion, smart plan. Mm -hmm. It's brand new week and Janet's dancing her way into the workroom. Someone is feeling very safe. Top seven, but there's still too many people there, according to Trinity. Uh, Ginger specifically wore her pink leopard print so she can back up against the wall and blend in and watch all the bitches fight. It's the gayest camouflage ever. And don't worry, this is just one of those little foreshadowing moments. We'll, we'll get to see what happens when she puts it into action. Uh -huh. Rue arrives in easily the ugliest suit he's ever worn. Um, what was that? Fashion. Poop. It was poop. It was poop. Um, usually, Rue is where, if, if there is a pattern on a Rue suit, it's very defined and very, very, um, the patterns are really bold and bright. This was like very muted and like the, the colors ran into each other. It didn't seem right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Rue is really <laughs> living for um, that. Um, pussy bow this season every look is get one of those yeah i don't know maybe it's um maybe it was supposed to be like a sharp contrast to what we're going to see on the runway later which was perhaps very the opposite <laughs> yes 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 um or rue just has a lot of hickeys we're trying to cover up or rue has a lot of hickeys you never know um the maxi challenge this week is time to show up and make it happen as they were are to write and perform a new uplifting drag anthem called show up queen the lyrics should entertain, inspire, and teach the children just what they stand for. They will be recording with multi-talented writer of the best song of 2021, UK Hun, Leland. As teams, they will create their own choreo. As winner, Kylie and Survivor of the Bottom 2, Raja will be the two team captains. And this is how the teams shake out. Raja selects Jan Trinity and is left with Pandora and her harness t-shirt. Love that little look on her. Uh -huh. um, we love 50-year-old um, leather daddies, question mark. Um, and Kylie takes Eureka and Ginger. Interesting choices here. Very interesting choices. What was Kylie thinking? You know, I think Kylie was thinking that Ginger is a great performer, so she wanted to get Ginger on the team. Sure. And then by the time it came the second round of picking, it was either Eureka or Pandora. So, um, I mean, I think it makes sense based on the order. Yeah. I was excited when, um, when Raja immediately picked Jan because they don't seem like people who would like immediately want to be in a girl group together. But you can see that Raja right. was like, okay, the voice, gotta get Jan. So exactly. uh, Miss Raja was trying to win. She, she well, sure well. is. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I was like, never in a world would I think I would see Kylie Sonique Love on stage with Eureka and Ginger Minch. Mm -hmm. It just didn't seem like a trio that would ever work. Did it work? We'll get to that later. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and Kylie, when she, when she picked Ginger, said something like, you know, the variety is the spice of life or something. Yeah. And um, I was like, is it because Ginger's like five foot nothing and a certain shape and you are a tall, beautiful woman? I don't know. But yeah, it was, it was a little <laughs> It's totally what it is. But Rue tells them that Zaldi, the Emmy Award winner behind all of Rue's runway looks, will be the guest judge. 
Think this was underwhelming? They can use leggings from snag tights and materials from the fabric.com wall. Gotta get this monster sim. Oh my gosh. Snag tights. Why? Why not, babe? Why not? I, I I would like them to actually be required to wear it in the challenge to see <laughs> why they're not right for drag queens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. just because tights are in your title doesn't mean it's the proper thing for a drag queen to wear. But drag and activism go together, so it's time to write a song the kids can get down to, but also learn something from. Kylie asks Eureka and Ginger if they feel good about their team. She thinks she has the best bitches on deck. Pandora, on the other hand, knows she's the default member of her team. Roger says that they should not forget about Pandora's original ridiculous song from week one. Pandora has always written when she was younger because it was hard for her to express what was inside. She was trying to hide a certain part of her. She wants to give a voice to the voiceless. Okay, I was feeling a little more confident out of this kind of confessional from Pandora. Um, But yeah, again, she is very timid in this group of queens, which... Wasn't necessarily the case when she was younger, I guess. Yeah, I also wonder if like a year of quarantine has made her a little bit more reserved as well. I mean, yeah. that, that has been something interesting to kind of consider for a lot of these queens. I mean, the ones that work more often or have done more kind of like virtual things or whatever, you know, I'm not saying that Pandora doesn't do anything, but right. we don't see Pandora as much as we see a lot of these other queens. So right. she may also just be kind of like, fucked up from the past year of like not socializing with people and absolutely i don't know i think a lot of people become a little bit more introverted as they get older so it is again interesting to see someone like pandora have just a very very different um energy than these other girls yeah and and she did mention in the first untucked that she did do some virtual things but as a as a comedian not having the live reaction of laughter and applause is a strain on you. So it is a, a, a learning curve. And this year definitely has been hard for more queens than others, especially if technology is hard for people. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think Pandora also seems to be someone who um, she gets nervous because she's nervous because she, yeah. and she gets, she gets uncomfortable because she's already uncomfortable. And exactly. if, if you are a person who is like, you know, struggles with anxiety or depression or any of those things, like once you kind of identify that that thing is happening, you can just completely spiral. So for someone mm-hmm. like Laura, who's suddenly in this like dance challenge where like, that's not her thing. And she's surrounded by people who feel much more comfortable. You can just yeah. sense that she's like starting to like zero in on how badly she's probably doing. Um, Absolutely. Which made it worse. Yeah. Raja woke up kind of down and in her feelings, but not today. She wants to speak to what it takes to get over things. She may have been in the bottom, but she can also top. There was a lot of that um, uh, double entendre this episode, mm-hmm. especially from Raja. Um, was it a public service announcement to let everyone know that she <laughs> is versatile? If it was good for you, it's better than Grinder, but it, it always pays to advertise. It, it sure does. Ginger <laughs> has a serious question. What are they going to wear? This was kind of funny because Kylie pulls out her cat suit and notes that they are all fighting crimes in different cities. I loved it. Which was fact. I don't know how to assist Queens moving forward in future seasons because this kind of challenge is now becoming a trend. We're doing it a lot and I'm always here for a good girl group challenge. And you know you want to have things that are consistent with other Queens, but you don't know who's going to the season, what they're going to bring. How do you know 
how to bring an outfit that's going to work for a challenge like this. What how do you just have to like, at, like bring uh, the rainbow of um, dance looks and hope one of them will work? Yeah, your five I mean, pounds uh, or uh, five suitcases of fifty pounds each. I don't. I don't know how they pack at all. You know, because yeah. it's like they. Have I to- do. Oh my god, it is fucking stressful. It's all hell. I um I've told story many times. I've, I helped Honey Davenport get ready for her season, and literally got her to her Uber five minutes after finishing packing her up. That's mm-hmm. how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because you you have five suitcases with at fifty pounds each, and you have what eleven runways to fill, and then dance looks. Oh, and your boy clothes, which Honey brought nothing of because she didn't have room. Well, yeah, it's um. You know, and like they have like this long list of challenges that they maybe are gonna do, right. and exactly, then, and some get cut. So then, um, it, so then it gets to like group challenges where it's like, how do you how do you pack to like it's it's impossible. Exactly, it's it really has become one of those things where the group challenges you're not gonna have the best looks. That's totally okay. Or you have really cool looks if you're a, a skinny twink who can fit into um, any of the things you can pack up and roll into a ball. Yeah. Um, which you can tell some of these queens did. Mm-hmm. But Ginger in the latest meme decides it's time to camouflage against the wall. She is a spy. Um, this was brilliant. This is why she's an all-star, in my opinion. She knows how to ham it up for the camera all the time. Yeah. Ginger said, Oh, I went home early on All-Stars 2. I'm going to get on the camera for All-Stars exactly. this time. Yeah, I, I appreciate that about Ginger. She she definitely knows, like, sometimes it's a little showboaty, but she's a drag queen, so hello. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she always kind of, like, takes other people's moments away from them, or she'll kind of do that, um, she'll kind of do that thing where someone will, someone will set something up, and she will completely take advantage of, um, of the, of the payoff for it, which, you know, yeah. is smart and clever of her, but yeah, when she, as soon as she walked in with that, I was like, we're going to be seeing this at another point in the episode. Oh yeah, and and it's been memed to death. Um, Best of Grinder put it on there. Everyone's done it, and yeah. I appreciate it. I love it. Yeah, but it's funny. It's Rue's walkthrough time. It's been a while. Team Kylie comes over to chat first. We learn that Ginger does write music. She's um, doing been doing it since she knew how. She journal journaled a lot, and it helped her get past what she was going through. Eureka doesn't write songs. She writes things. Oh lord. Um, what has she written so far? I quote, take my hand, I stand with you, come together, fist up for the truth. We love a fisting anthem, don't we? Yeah, it's a fisting um, <laughs> Yeah. Is, is she a fister or a fisty? Are those the right uh, terms? I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I, knowing Eureka the way we know her, I think she probably has been a puppet master a few times. Oh my God. <laughs> and good for her and good for her yeah nothing no, not king shaming here there's nothing wrong with this thing i just know i would be too nervous and i don't want to accompany someone to the hospital if i you know oh rupture something in there well you're your anyway back, your background right now the face she's making I, that's the face that she's making <laughs> yeah it, it's it, it totally is true <laughs> rue tells eureka that she has so much going on and tells her to put them all into the words where she comes from where she's been Kylie wants to give advice on what helped her where she is today. And she wants to talk about her growth as a person and, and as a queen. This is where things got like 
are we sucking up to RuPaul here? Are we genuine here? Because knowing Ru's track record with transgender people, I don't know where this opinion really stems from. But she goes on to say everything she thought she knew after season two, she had to throw out. She tells Rue that while season two was airing, Rue came to Atlanta for a book signing. She brought her calendar and Rue wrote self-love to her. It spoke to her and why hasn't no one ever told her this before to love herself? It felt good and she shares that with everyone. Kylie has been very, very pro-Rue this entire season. Mm-hmm. More so than I feel like we've ever really heard before. Are you buying everything she's selling? I am. I am. I think Kylie Sonic Love is incredible. And yes. when you look at when you look at the spectrum of um, trans identities that we've seen on this show, where you have like Gia Gunn on one side, where like one of the most like iconic characters on I think yes. all of reality television, um, who was just very obviously not happy with with Rue and Rue's um, uh, historical stances on, you know, trans representation right. show. And then you have someone like Kylie Sonique Love who seems like much more open to people change. And um, her individual relationship with Rue is just very, very different, it seems like. Um, yeah. And I think part of that is because she's from an earlier season. And in Absolutely. early seasons, you know, we've heard so many queens talk about, you know, Rue was more like personable with them. She seemed to care more about, you know, what was going on. And now it's more kind of like, a job. So it is very interesting, but it is a very stark contrast to kind of what we have seen on the show otherwise, which I think can right. be felt daunting for us. Because I don't, I, I mean, maybe I was ignorant to it, but I don't think whenever we had any of the Rue controversy when it came to uh, their stance on transgender contestants and visibility, I don't think we ever really heard from Kylie publicly through social media. Yeah. Um, I, like Gia definitely was, Peppermint definitely was. We've heard people talk about it. I don't think Kylie was that out there discussing it. Um, so maybe there was a deeper connection that the two of them had. Perhaps Kylie is someone who did speak to Rue when all that was happening and gave them a bit of a welcome to the new modern world um, of drag and transgender contestants. I don't know. But it is very interesting because it is jarring um, because us as viewers, we, we take all of it in and hearing this from Kylie is a little bit of a contrast and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm buying it cause I buy everything Kylie Sunday loves sells cause she's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, I'm a little hesitant because you know what, sometimes you do say things when you want something real bad. Yeah. I, I do wonder if, and the way that she has been performing on the season and the way that the producers seem to really love her. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, the Coven episode aside, I mean, she's definitely favored by, yes. the, by the show right now, which is really exciting to see. I do wonder if this conversation will come up again later on, but also, yeah. I mean, remember Kylie's coming out on the reunion of her season was like a really incredible moment. And she was the first one that came out, right? Yep. the show so it maybe it is maybe it does kind of feel different for for her because she kind of was the first one and the way that yeah. Rue like seemed to care so much about that that um confession um and the way that she seems so supported in that reunion episode 
Um, maybe she right. just has a very different perspective based on her own individual experiences. And she is maybe prioritizing that over, you know, discourse online or, you know, absolutely and said, or maybe taken out of context or, or whatever, but it is absolutely, like- I mean, the, the reality also is, and this is so crazy to think about social media was a very different beast during season two of drag race. Crazy to like realize that Instagram, Twitter were very different worlds at that time. The internet barely existed back then. Yeah. Like <laughs> at that time, Instagram was everything gets filtered and is artistic and you're not taking selfies. You're taking actual pictures of your food. And that's what we wanted to see on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The times have changed. Yeah, not anymore. Not, <laughs> not anymore. anymore. You post a picture of food and people are like, unfollow. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this, this, this is something that I've really loved seeing with, with Kylie on this show. Um, and all the way back to the first episode when she entered and her hat fell off, I was like, oh no, is she going to like stumble and fumble? Is this going to be bad? Um, but that was like a little red herring because typically things yeah. like that lead us to believe that something funky or something bad is going to happen. But she has like- Absolutely. Been showing off the whole season. And, and again, for those who have been watching Drag Race España, we got a moment of humanity from our winner in the final episode uh, when she took a tumble on uh, the main stage for the final runway. Like, is she going to lose? She didn't lose. But it was, it was, it was, it spooked you. Yeah. All well, drag queens are humans. That's right. And, you know, I think Alaska back in season two of All Stars kind of set a new standard for how it's important for us to see the ugly side of these you know, mm-hmm. um, cause you can't just see them be, you know, their best the entire time. So, um, absolutely. But I don't know. I think, um, I think some of these, uh, these other Queens have, have taken note, which is, which is, exciting. I agree. Yeah. It's team Raja time. Raja has not put out a record yet. Last time she was there, she was bending notes so bad. She thought she was a plumber and look, it's an appearance of my dear friend, honey Davenport. Oh, probably the only time we're going to get to see her unless they show that six first lip sync. Um, so sad. Honey got fucked. Anyway, yeah. the first song that Raja ever bought was Lil Wayne's Hot Boy. I, too, do not understand why Lil Wayne has a song called Hot Boy. Um, the question is then asked to Jan, who unsurprisingly says her first album was Spice Girls. Where did you lie? What was your first album? Was it closer to Lil Wayne or was it Spice Girls? Oh, Ginger Spice for sure is who I wanted to be. Absolutely. Yeah. When Jan said that, I was like, this tracks so well, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I, I love also like the Spice, the Spice Girls discourse that kind of um, ensued between Jan and Ginger. So um, no, uh-huh. I'm definitely team Spice Girls for sure. Yeah. Was that the first album you remember buying or having or owning? No, but I certainly performed uh, Spice Girls for my family with my cousins um, during the nice. summer. You know, so um, we all have a little bit of Spice Girls in us, I think. I, I will admit this because I think it's important for the host of the podcast to be vulnerable and, and admit things. Mm-hmm. The first album that I remember asking my mom to purchase for me um, was an album um, called Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. You know what? It's important for us to remember where we've come from. Correct. Um, and this also um, is a time where I, too, apparently had a mullet. Thanks, parents. Yeah. We have to know where we came from to know where we're going. <laughs> exactly. But listen, as someone who enjoyed that song for the campiness that it was when Inky Breaky 2 came out, I was like, give it to me. Billy Ray Cyrus, you know what we want. Oh, God, that song is terrible. <laughs> Pandora hasn't won a challenge yet, she's reminded. So how is she going to win this one? 
She's going to take what she did in the first challenge and put a message behind it, which she literally is going to do. Um, and we'll discuss those results soon. But Rue asks Trinity what her cause in life is, and she says, teaching the youth about living with HIV. She shares her lyrics. If you want to be a fierce queen, follow these rules. Go get tested. Know your status. Ain't that right, Mama Rue? And Rue tells her that they shouldn't be preached to. She tells her to be subtle without being preachy. I love when Rue gives actually good advice. Mm -hmm. This is good advice. Yeah, it's it didn't change what Trinity was trying to express. It just changed the package for it, which I exactly thought really really good feedback. When she first started saying it, I was like, "Oh no, Rue! Like it's important for us to like hear this message." But um, you know, by the time she got to yeah. the end of the statement, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's really good advice." There are ways to market properly in a way that's accessible, as opposed to you know someone actually saying go get vaccinated people mm -hmm. that one actually needs to be chat yeah that's a different story yeah i um i really love trinity on this season i really yeah, really she, love yeah it was this was her time i think if you put her on any other season of an all-stars mm -hmm. she would have faded to the background a little bit um because there were so many heavy hitters and this is finally the time where she is one of the going in probably one of the top three four of the heavy hitters yeah um like could you imagine her have been on all-stars three or four it would not have worked for her at all yeah it's um that see that is the thing that is always exciting about all-stars every time you know it doesn't really matter where the girls kind of like fell in their season um for when they were eliminated um the dynamic of the group is always so important because if you had Pandora in a season of girls that were a little bit more reserved, then she would seem like a bigger personality. So for, right. for this season with Trinity, it's really exciting to see how she and her kind of, um, um, she has this kind of like uh, calm confidence, which I think yeah. is, is really exciting to see against some of these bigger personality queens. But I also always forget how young Trinity was back in season mm -hmm. six. Um, so it's nice to see she's incorporating notes um, she's not as defensive as she used to be on the show. Um, so it's, um, this is, this has been really, really cool to see Trinity. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's been a really cool journey and I, I look forward to seeing her succeed once the show is finished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's going to get back out there. I mean, and she really could have won that, that Beyonce Super Bowl challenge. Like she's really been, she has really been, um, it was her runway. If she had a stronger runway, she would have won. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, that performance that 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 can live rent free in my head. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's again, Trinity's it, amazing. Yeah, it's time to record with Leland and Freddie. Um, Leland is now in the obnoxious blazer game, so good for you. Um, why can't we have Troy Sivan again? I miss him. Yeah, I did love that too. Oh, he was. He told us everything I wanted to hear from him. Yeah, he gave us some very good um, information. Yeah. Oh, um, that was so important. Yeah, I would love to see, I would love to see Troy Sivan back on, um, back on a season um, as a guest judge or working directly yeah. for their, for their music challenge. Yeah. I, or put I, him in drag, make him the drag makeover. <laughs> oh yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing if there was an episode where they had like, you know, like uh, famous queer musicians or artists or whatever. Yes. You know, would, I'm here for it. the girls would be down. Oh Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not sure if you've been following along with the recent New York, um, demon twink trend. 
How could I not? Um, someone put out a uh, fake trailer of Demon Twink starring Troy Sivan. <laughs> it makes sense. It really does make sense that he would be the star of Ryan Murphy's Demon Twink. But Ginger is up first and Leland doesn't ha- love the ending and tells her to minge it up. And now she's ready to watch a movie with Freddy and that movie will be called Freddy Got Fingered. Um, first off, that reference was probably over every Gen Z person's head. Um, I don't think I ever watched Freddy Got Fingered because my mom was like, absolutely fucking not. Um, title alone. But yeah, what a reference. It was a, it was a reference that made me very uncomfortable, actually. Yeah, it, yeah I agree. Kylie is next and she needs to get right up on the microphone. Um, she's very quiet, but it was fantastic according to Leland and she's ready for an EP. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but sure, try it. Go go put it on an album. They are setting Miss Kylie up this season. They really are. They sure are. She is getting more, she's getting more like screen time, like attention from Mm -hmm. like the judges and getting more feedback. And again, that Coven episode, like we saw that they gave like, I don't know, 30 full minutes of feedback for her um, compared to like 30 seconds for everybody else. Um, Yeah, it's it's um it's cool though because she she deserves this kind of attention. You know, I agree. She and she just looks like she smells good. Yeah. She's on point all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Raja has an inspiring verse and is told to wrap it a little um, more. Um, Leland says it's perfect. Then Trinity took the notes, but Leland wants to crack up the crank up the energy and feels it can be a lot better. She has to sell Leland about not blinking or she'll end up with a crown and none of the girls are blinking. They're all ready to mayhem Miller it up in there. Uh, because if you blink, she's going to have that crown. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and in the episode demise of Jan, let's warm up. Um, Jan is showing off her vocals. And while she knows the judges have been hot and cold with her for being too peppy and energetic. However, she loves herself. And that's the message she wants to bring out in her song. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Now we're going to have the other contestants share their opinions on this. Eureka doesn't understand Jan's verse. For her, it's not about how you can change the world, but how she's peppy and nice and how she loves herself. This was the moment I was like, oh, we're doomed. Jan is doomed. She doesn't get it. What was lost in translation? You saw and heard what Rue said, what they wanted. This is what Jan brought. Jan really is making everything complicated you know um i i love all the queens i love all the dolls i love all the divas there's not a like even mimi i'm first i'm down um so it's it's sad to see someone like jan who you can just tell is just like overcorrecting. you know what i mean like she's she is um she's she's working hard and for that i really appreciate and um that being said you can tell that she's just not listening. She's not listening. So I, I feel like if she didn't do All Star Six, took this one off, went, waited for All Star Seven, and got to watch season thirteen, where her fellow New York sister Tina Burner was on, and watched her try to mold a brand and do all the catchphrases that Rue says about her, and watch how it literally burned her, I don't think Jan would have produced what she produced this season. Because you could do a drinking game every time she said the word funk. Because Rue said it once to her on the main stage. Yeah. You know, again, 
because because of the show's popularity and because of um, the way that we are all just so obsessed with it and how we've seen every single season so many times. And um, I think it's probably impossible for them to come in and try to like get rid of like the the commentary that they know that they're going to get yeah. or, you know, because it, it's it's almost like you need to have, and this is kind of weird and crazy. It's a sport. You need a coach. You need a coach to walk you through the different scenarios and, and be like, okay, oh, this is what works here. This didn't work here. How can you make it work for yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, branding, we know hardcore is something that is needed. She failed when it came to branding challenges. That's what she was sent home on. Um, it, Tina Burner went too hard on branding challenges and it sent her home. But then you have someone like Trixie Mattel who brands, 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 but it works. So there's, there is a way to do it if you are a certain type of queen and you need to know that what Trixie does is not going to work for Jan. And that, I think, when you are a student of Drag Race the way Jan is, you have to take a step back and say, okay, let me pretend I'm someone completely different and pretend going through the journey that way, is it going to be the same way Jan would do it? And, and that's something you don't learn until you're on the road and moving. Jan just hasn't had that experience, unfortunately. Not her fault, the fault of the world and, and, and a pandemic. But I really do think she needed that extra time to experience because, yeah, we saw some like Aja come right back and exceed our expectations. And Jan, I almost worry that she entered like at a high as a fan favorite and is dropping, dropping, dropping because she's not ending up as a fan favorite right now. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, I think you're needing a coach analogy is really smart. I think what's hard about that for this show is that the show is the coach. You know, exactly. And the show changes so often, and the way that we respond to the show changes so quickly. And they film these things, you know, a year before they actually come out, and so right. So much is just you know, it's it's hard for them, I'm sure, to keep up with the expectations mm-hmm. of of what they're doing on the show, how it's going to be perceived. I mean. They have to have like, you know, many different sets of eyes paying attention to what they're doing on the show. So I'm sure that's like, yeah. you know, I'm sure that's really um, a lot of pressure, especially for someone like Jan, who is a fan favorite and who did become so popular so quickly from the show. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, because, I mean, they you, like you that- were, you know, I was going to say like you work in theater, you know how actors have audition coaches and all that stuff it's not this is a work this is art this is still a form of art so maybe it's not a crazy thing to start working with people like yeah you learn how to sew and you learn how to do comedy and improv when you're getting ready to get that big call maybe it's not a crazy thing to start exploring for these queens yeah well i mean you know they i'm sure are in constant conversation with other queens who've been on the show so i'm sure they're like constantly getting feedback from people who sure. understand it but like the real coach would be rue but like right. she's not going to coach any of these girls you know she's never she's, she's not going to do that so i don't know yeah it's this is this is the point in this franchise where the show starts eating itself um mm-hmm. because you see people like silky nutmeg ganache come on this season and that was a completely different silky than we saw on her original season and it's because right. she's responding to the feedback that she got from the first time. And then it just turns her into someone who's not herself, which makes her not as enjoyable to have on the TV show. So it's it seems like a very thin line that 
these contestants have to walk of how can I be myself and also respond to the feedback that I've gotten? Like, exactly. how, can I, how can I be true to myself, but also not get turned into like a hateful meme online and like get canceled. So like, yeah. it is a truly impossible task, you know? And then they have people like us, you know, having a lot of thoughts and commentary around what they're doing. So it's, um, it's, um, it's hard. We, we love the show, but we also want so much from the show too, which- um, Exactly. It, I almost wonder if what the, a version of Drag Race would be if it was set up more like American Idol where it was live every week. So they got to experience live feedback and responses from the audience week after week. It would be a different journey for many of these queens, I absolutely can guarantee. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like I'm a different person, you know, a year from, you know, so I can't imagine mm -hmm. what it's like for, for these people who are just like getting, yeah, it's it's impossible. It's hard. It's hard. They are ready to set their choreo. Kylie feels good about her team, but she knows that the other team has some really strong dancers. This is up right up Jan's booty hole. Same with Raja. Trinity has been dancing before she can get into clubs, and Pandora has years of years. That's one thing that I really miss about this season is I love when we have like contestants come from the same seasons and interact like the season 11 girls definitely had those interactions this season are we all forgetting that pandora and kylie were on the same season have they even spoken to each other i know it's so weird i don't know i mean i have really appreciated how kylie has talked about how she's a different person than she was then yeah um but it seems like also pandora is but also pandora is one of the first people and and it, it's easy to kind of like dismiss pandora but like Pandora really did like start a conversation about like mental health um, and uh, like um, self-harm and all of those things on the show. And she also in that same season gave us Carol Channing which is one of the first kind of like very memorable Snatch Game characters. So yeah. um, it's, it's interesting how these people from that season are very, very different people now in very different ways but yeah we exactly. have not seen, we have not seen a lot of season camaraderie between there's, the two there's never been a moment of oh my god remember when that happened on season two no not do they ever even talk on that season either i mean that yeah. was a weird that was a weird cast yeah i mean if you want to talk about anyone who got screwed pandora box got screwed on season two because she was not the right kind of queen they were looking for that season santino let her know oh my god santino really let her know oh that was that was that was rough but yeah. trinity has the eye as a choreographer and she will take over they start with the feet first and then throw up with those hands she loves choreographing and she can't fuck up something she does all the time meanwhile pandora is struggling she's trying to get it but she's not speaking up and pandora is just nervous and as she says her anus is puckering the other team on the side can see pandora struggling and notes that you're only as strong as your weakest performer which is fact 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 Ginger, who I don't think is supposed to try to be malicious here, speaks up and says the steps are good, but they need to make sure everyone is getting it. Says this in a way of not making Pandora feel bad. She suggests Trinity step out, and Trinity is not feeling that suggestion. She's like, no, this is my group. Who asked for their advice? And then we get to see Trinity ask Pandora to just move. And what does she do? She's literally just shuffling her feet. She can bounce and point. Um, she does not want to be choreography roadkill, but my God, I can do better than that. And I am not a performer. Yeah, 
I don't know. I, this to me reminds me of, you know, with the Olympics, it's always, I, I love the, um, uh, the, the meme or whatever about, um, uh, it would be nice to see like a normal person compete in the Olympics first, just to see like how hard all of this stuff really, really is. Yeah. And so Pandora is kind of like in this challenge, making us realize like, oh, these queens are very, very good at this because this queen who's also like a performer and very talented is really struggling. So I like the perspective that it kind of gives yeah. us um, with that, but she's really, yeah, she's struggling. But but it's also- I, I, I do wonder if it is um, some editor uh, manipulation because I feel like that, the, like the show me your moves part happened before the step out part. I think they just flipped it for storytelling purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, Ooh, not cute. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell that this is not, you know, within her uh, her comfort zone at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, kind of back to what I was saying earlier, once it's like very clear in the moment that she's not doing a good job, it seems like she's just like starting to like create a dark cloud around herself. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, I mean, but also she said it in in the first challenge with her ridiculous song, you know, that there's like a built-in part about a dance break and how she's not a dancer. So like, exactly. She's letting us know. Um, but she, I also, she sure is. But I also wonder like, is she doing it on purpose? You know what I mean? Like, is she doing mm-hmm. some like, self-producing here as well? I don't know. Very possible, very possible. Eureka says that their team doesn't need leaders. They can all work together. Really? Really? Um, what group project did you ever succeed in? Eureka's delusional. Um, also, I don't know if I'm too sensitive to it, but she continues to call Kylie Sonique. Oh yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. Obviously we were told in confessional by Kylie to call her Kylie, all her friends do. Mm -hmm. Did she maybe not have that kind of conversation with the Queens? I don't know. Cause we're also not getting a moment of like Kylie correcting them or someone else right. stepping up and saying, you know, so we're not getting that on screen, but I did notice that. Um, and also, you know, Eureka as someone who has had, um, you know, a very interesting um, and compelling uh, trans experience themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you'd think that Eureka would kind of prioritize some of those things. Um, Absolutely. Um, so I, 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 if it was an issue, I'm sure we would have, heard it and it would have been corrected by now because like i think like episode two or three was like first time i caught it mm-hmm. um and we're now what episode seven so it's in a couple weeks days whatever the filming schedule is for them right um but if it's not bothering kylie then well, i won't make a big deal about it just something i noticed yeah. um and i mean and kylie is certainly showing that she is not scared of like letting people mm-hmm. know or like correcting people or you know not necessarily being confrontational, but like Kylie's not scared to let people know. So exactly. Yeah. There are too many cooks in the kitchen and Eureka is going to be one the fuck out. Uh, Team Kylie is all over the place when it comes to this choreo and Trinity is sitting there being like the nerve to comment on my shit. Mm -hmm. Eureka is trying to give choreo advice, but Ginger is like, they won't line up with the music, which duh, that's kind of the whole point of choreo girl. Kylie's fantasy is falling apart. She is getting a little nervous that she's got two loud queens who both want their say and what's going to happen. At this point in time, did you feel like the performance was going to be 
both teams on stage together? Or did you think it was going to be like the group challenges we've had in like UK and Down Under and all those where it's competing teams? It looked like it was being set up to be competing teams. That's what I thought. Yeah, because they also didn't show them doing choreography together. Um, right. So then when it got to the performance and you saw that they were all together, it was like, oh, well, we didn't get to see any of the like collaboration. Of right. These groups. right. Like, did Trinity step up and do the choreography for both teams? Or like, how did that happen? I'm fully convinced there is a um, dance PA on that uh, team who gets to do that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I do not think those seven queens would communicate well enough to come up with seven person choreo yeah um but we'll, we'll get into that because there's one bit of choreo that i was like no nope, wrong mm-hmm. it's and elimination it day it was long i mean it, it was, was a so long, long performance it was so it was that, the is, I, in, that is the killer of some of these challenges um like i i'll always go back to the drag race canada um um not sorry about it performance where they had that extra thing at the end. I'm like, no, that's why the performance overall looked bad. Cause they had too much to do, mm. but th- not as long as that one, but I agreed two minutes, two and a half minutes, perfect length for a group challenge. And that's why UK hun and um, uh, break up. Bye bye is perfection. Just yeah. my opinion. Absolutely. It's elimination day. The Queens have shown up as they are ready to show up queen. Jan loves performance challenges. Um, who didn't want to be a girl in a girl group when they grew up? Um, Ginger, as she says, as you said earlier as well, is Ginger because she wanted to be her so much. Um, I always had an affinity for Sporty Spice, but I was kind of in love with Posh Spice. What does that say about me now? I have no idea. I can't decipher that one. Yeah, you're going to have to take that to therapy, babe. <laughs> yeah. Next week in therapy. Why did I like these two Spice Girls? Why yeah. did I like the one with no talent? Ooh, yeah. Oops. Unpacked. Jan's grandparents... Yeah, right. Jan's grandparents took her to the solo C- CD signing of Ginger Spice at House of Blues when she was five or six. They let her express herself, which I think is, again, some would call it privilege. I think this is exceptional to talk about on the show because there are people who got to be the people they wanted to be at a young age. So thank you, Jan, for sharing that kind of story. But she then goes on to tell us when she was eliminated from season 12, her grandma wrote a letter to RuPaul about how upset she was. Well, get that pen ready, Granny. You're going to do it again soon. Do you think RuPaul read it in real time? Or do you think RuPaul read it after the producers told her this confessional existed? I think RuPaul never saw that letter. I think RuPaul never knew about that letter. I think RuPaul heard about it later and was like, oh yeah. Um, I, think RuPaul, I think RuPaul also probably did not remember uh, the exchange <laughs> with Kylie and self-love, but the look on Ru's I agree. When it, cut, when it cut to Ru's face, when they were when um, Kylie was explaining that moment, Ru was like, like, no, you don't. You it's, don't it's just like when Ru and Michelle had that podcast and any anyone would mention any drag queen's name and Ru was like, what season? Who? Mm-hmm. Do I know them? Yeah. I, I love the, um, the story that Bob the Drag Queen tells about him saying something about Kim and RuPaul's like, Kim who? <laughs> As if Kim she was not in the top three with him. Right, right. Oh, RuPaul. Like that, I, I would love like, to put RuPaul on my show and be like, you're getting a drag race test and see how badly RuPaul does. Um, yeah. Oh, God. But no. I um I really appreciated the the Jan story about the grandma letter though because mm-hmm. you're right I mean 
it is a certain amount of privilege, but it's also important for us to see that, you know, yes, we have the Roxy Andrews, you know, being left at the bus stop stories, but we also have, you know, these really beautiful stories of people who are very confident, maybe overconfident, um, because yeah. they grew up in a very, very different experience. Um, so mm -hmm. I think getting to see this, again, the spectrum of queer stories is important for us because, you know, the little kid from the small town from wherever who's sneaking watching the show, like, they don't have to think that their life has to have, you know, all of these traumas in order to, right. you know, be, you know, a fully formed queer, you know, successful person. Um, so I think Absolutely. It's, important us, it's important for us to hear those stories, but it does give us a little bit of insight into Jan. Um, mm -hmm. We see that like, you know, she has been built up her entire life, so. Exactly. Have you ever written a letter to a show after a contestant has been eliminated? No. I ultimately <laughs> did not. Um, I do remember um, that I threw a literal temper tantrum during season three of American Idol when my favorite Jennifer Hudson was eliminated and I threatened to write a letter to Fox saying I was going to boycott it because how dare you get rid of Jennifer Hudson over the redheaded kid who can't sing. Wow. I knew then. I knew then that she was a superstar. So just saying. Well, she's got her Oscars. Um, she, she got her Oscar and she'll probably get a new, another nomination after playing Aretha because mm -hmm. who that trailer was good. She's going to, yeah. she's going to do good. Yeah, her, her and her Lady Gaga are going to be competing for that Oscar this year. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. What an um, amazing time to be gay. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, and for, and for some people, an amazing time to be gay and Italian because after Luca, come mm -hmm. on. I know. I, listen, Disney. This is. I'm spoiling it right now. We're doing. We're, I'm going to be doing debuting a new uh, podcast um, uh, with Block Talk. Where it's called the Think Tank, where we're going to be discussing potential dream Disney attractions. And one of those is going to be. I think Disney needs to have a Vespa attraction at the Italian um, Pavilion in Epcot. Wow! Come on, how fun would that be? Don't you want to ride a Vespa? Yeah, that would be yeah. fun. <laughs> anyway, Pandora is not trying to be Beyonce, but she's in her head. She's glad to be on a team she's on. Trinity calls her a good team player who is not there to complain. And Pandora thinks, thanks them for having patience with her. And they all have a group hug. We love team unity. Mm. Ginger felt that yesterday was rough and there was a communication barrier. When they got to the choreo, it felt like they were speaking totally different languages. Including Kylie saying, uh, I don't really dance. I'm a gymnast. The more you know, apparently. Yeah, that was interesting. Did we know this? Yeah. I mean, it's similar to kind of like Katya saying something very similar that, you know, she's not really a dancer, but she knows how to move in a way that is, what, intriguing? Is that what she said? Right. Um, so it is, but it, it also kind of sounded like, whoa, 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 don't ask me to do that because that's not what I do. When like, Kylie yeah. clearly can dance. Exactly. Like, you got to choreograph some of the things that you, that you do with your act, so may not call her choreographer but with gymnastics isn't there still choreography to it yeah but also the way that ginger kind of like framed that i didn't really love because it kind of was like well number one it was passive aggressive and because <laughs> she was saying like you know well i thought kylie was going to step up to do it but like right. and who knows like what actually happened but what we saw was the three of them get up on stage after like criticizing the other group get up on stage and be like so like what do we want to do you know, right. so, so who knows yeah. if, if who knows if they try to like nominate Kylie to do it, and she said that she didn't want to do it. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a little passive aggressive. Yeah, 
And now in the portion of things that are important to overall track record and story, Kylie asks Raja who has the best and worst track record right now. Raja says that they all have a bit of an even playing field minus Eureka and Pandora. Most have one win and a bottom. Jan has two. If Eureka and Pandora don't win, someone will get a second win and they will be the front runner. Raja has her fingers crossed. Ginger wants to remind them that she won the reading challenge. Not that it matters, but Ginger thinks it counts for something. So does Jan. And Raja says that if it counts, then she's just shady as fuck. That's all it counts as. Obviously, you need to have these conversations because it will affect the overall storytelling, whether it's this episode later down the line, because track record, whether we like it or not, has come into play so many times this season. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they all have like a little notebook, like tracking everything, like with the plus minuses like they do on Reddit, be like, who has the highest points for I think some of them probably do. I think the ones that are doing better on the show probably don't have to worry about it as much. But sure. you know, people like Jan, who statistically aren't looking as good, or Pandora or Eureka, because I mean, Eureka even said like, I'm just gonna go on and say it. I'm definitely someone who has not won a challenge yet. Back when, at the beginning of the episode, when Jan did her, you know, right. there are 99 people in the room. <laughs> All you need is one person. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that they probably, I mean, you know, they're obsessing over this, you know, they're not, they're they're not, you know, they're trapped in their hotel rooms. You know that they are keeping documentation of all of this. And I think they're also being vocal about it because they do not want a Naomi small situation where she goes rogue and goes bye Manila, because then that will set the tone for the rest of the season. And did it affect Naomi in the long run? Maybe, but it really did play a, a, a big factor um, of how vo- people voted. So if you put it out in the open and people have to are forced to answer, you're at least there's at least no um, trans- there's a transparency and there's no surprises coming your way when someone throws a rogue vote out for you, Jan. So important storytelling, very important storytelling. Yeah, I mean, I still think that that life's not fair moment with Naomi is so good because that is exactly what the show wants them to do. Like the show wants sure. them to make, you know, very bold decisions. Um, so I always like it when they do things like that because- mm-hmm. And like, I've, I've gotten a lot of pushback on uh, uh, from people guests this season when I'm like, why are there not actual alliances? This is the season where you could make alliances mm-hmm. and you could have gotten Jansport out the third episode when Silky went, if you played the numbers correctly. Mm-hmm. You got fucked over that way. And uh, for the season 11 girls, it really fucked them over. Um, and yes, I love Survivor. I love Big Brother. I love games where it's all about numbers, but those are real people playing a game. This is real artists playing a game where they're showing their artistry. A little different. Yeah. Well, and that's what's so different about this is there's so much more on the line. And also like, because it's, it's not just like reputation because for all of the like, uh, for all of the like conspiring that they would have to do, or you know, uh, creating strategies, they also still have to like do some of the best drag performance that you know anyone has seen yeah, on the show as well. Exactly. So that's what makes this show so compelling is that there's yep. so much at play all the time. But I do, and maybe this is because I'm a messy bitch who lives for the drama. But I love those moments where you know they send someone home who's a front runner, or um, it's not someone's time because ultimately. Like Manila, I think 
did better after being kicked off because people were, you know, she was, yes. you know, she was robbed and that becomes part of Which the Which is why I think um, Scarlett is going to do much better because everyone thinks she was robbed there. Mm-hmm. Not going to be the case with Jan because I think everyone's like, well, you, you were, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and if when we get to an All-Star 7, whenever that should be, is this going to be the same game? Or are we going to try to shake it up again? Because I feel like every two, three seasons, we need a new format because it gets a little stale. Yeah. But I mean, they're, again, they're just so worried about like the audience reaction that, yeah. you know, they could go in and say like, I'm going to make the boldest decisions. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kick off the front runner on the first episode. Like mm-hmm. they absolutely could do that, but they know that they would just be absolutely destroyed, you know? Absolutely. So sure. that's like what is exciting about the show, but also like terrifying for these girls because they can't, you know, they can't even necessarily, again, the fine line between like just being themselves and also like trying to produce themselves in the show. Mm-hmm. Very complicated. Let's move over to the runway. Rue comes out in a Clash of the Patterns look clearly made by, by, made by Zaldi um, because he's there. Joined by Michelle and Carson, do you think Zaldi was cold with his nips out? I thought Zaldi looked amazing. Absolutely. That skin was perfect. <laughs> yeah, um, but got to be freezing because they, they keep that set very cold as we've seen some of the queens in like robes and blankets. Mm-hmm. How could you sit there for what, four or five hours wearing nothing on top? But he looked good, he looked good. Beauty is pain, girls. Yeah, yeah um, I will say Zaldi as the guest judge on a girl group challenge felt weird. So almost wonder if Zaldi was a replacement for somebody here. Um, yeah. Not the person I would pick first. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that you'd have Zaldi on like a construction episode or like a exactly. fashion episode or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it feels very much like scheduling got messed up. Or, yeah. or you have last week where it's all American Horror Story and it's the most perfect um, episode you can possibly create. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it really works and sometimes it doesn't. Exactly. Well, we sometimes you'll have like artists on the show and then it'll be a lip sync song that is not by that person. And it's like, what is going on? So who knows? Yeah. yeah. All right. Show up queen. Let's go through it. Um, So unlike challenges like UK Han, where two groups do one song separately, this is closer to what we saw last season uh, in all stars five with I'm in love where they all are present in the same number. I was bummed out because I really love that girl group battle, but it is what it is. It's fine. I think the beat of this song was great. I I think it's a strong song. Yeah, I really um, was reminded this episode that a lot of these people are not writers. Um, oh, yes. And like, you know, to have to write and to, you know, perform them and also like, you know, a vocal performance and also like an actual like dance performance. Yeah, I mean, we're asking a lot from these people. Um, it's true. Now, I do know for a fact that there are definitely queens who are pre-preparing lyrics because they know a song challenger is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we should give them a little more leeway, but also remind ourselves that they know this shit's coming. So they have some words and phrases about yourself ready to go if you're preparing for an all a season of Drag Race in general, because you're going to get a song challenge and you're going to have to talk about yourself. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's where Jan went wrong. Maybe Jan prepared for like an introducing herself type song. 
Um, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube, but someone put her verse into I'm that bitch. And it works really well. It works. Yeah. Yeah. See, Mm -hmm. again, it's it's hard because like they have to prepare so much, but then they probably over prepare in some ways. And then they get like, you know, lost and confused by what they prepared instead of just like, you know, pivoting and doing something different. But yeah, I what I have told a lot of my friends who want to be on the show, I have said, okay, this song challenge came up, write your own verse to it. See what you would say for this. Mm-hmm. At least you're working toward a goal and you're ready to have some idea of what you could potentially write down the line. So mm-hmm. always keep practicing, always keep playing around. Yeah. Team Raja is wearing purples and pinks. Uh, they're mostly cohesive though. Jan with the blonde, with the like, little subtle hints of purple not as cohesive as the others um i feel like she missed the colored hair memo but i'm gonna say right now that is not pandora's wig that has to be raja's wig i really thought the same thing like like no that like we've seen raja wear that before right we've seen her wear something similar i mean she's wearing something similar in this episode yeah that's why i like it's definitely not pandora's wig it may not even be pandora's um cat suit either it looks or, like or they, dress or whatever it is. It looks like they dress Pandora because this does not look I, like Pandora box at all. No, not at all. Um, which again, team player. If they it, again, if you don't know, you're gonna have things for a group challenge like this. If you can fit in other people's clothes, do it. It's, it'll work out for you all in the end. Yeah, and you um, know, Pandora did also say that she got a lot of support from the team. So mm-hmm. maybe she didn't mention the fact that she, you know, is borrowing a lot of their garments. But yeah, it does not seem like those things came from her suitcase. No, not at all. Jan kicks us off from Team Raja, and she, again, really missed the assignment here. It's campy, and honestly, for what the message was supposed to be, it was very cringy. Um, Like, this is the antithesis of empowerment for me. There's nothing wrong with loving yourself, but this felt self-indulgent. Yeah, she didn't seem to understand the assignment. Very Sasha Bell, not understanding what she was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like, you know, I'm not going to psychoanalyze Jan, but like, you know, she, she has been very, very popular. She's very talented. I think one of the, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, vocally, this performance was, she was the best by far. Yeah. Um, I think just from a talent standpoint, like, and I could write like an entire dissertation about her not being in the top for the first episode of this of this uh, season um, because the vocals are so good. I mean, there's no denying right. how talented she is, but this is, you know, this shows like you can be an incredible singer, but if you are not paying attention to the challenge or you're not paying attention to like what the actual assignment is looking for. And if you don't have like the writing skills that are necessary, like you can still be in the bottom and be the best singer. Yep. That's true. Pandora really tried hard, but it was rough. She, she really did try to infuse her first performance here. But also, um, I don't... Un, the, she did get critiques for wasting uh, stanzas with just ha-ha-has and shit. But let's all remind ourselves that BB Zahara Benet did win with her fucking nonsensical lyrics in Drag Up Your Life. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of double standards on the show. <laughs> I was so personally offended because at that time I was, I had like just won a lyric writing award. We're not going to name what 
person's award it was because they're problematic now. Um, Kevin Spacey. Um, but I was so offended. I was like, I write lyrics and she just makes up words and gets a win? So mad. So I understand where the double standard is here, but just like that one, Pandora didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah, but also like if Pandora would have sold it more, then maybe we, would, we wouldn't have cared. Right. And that was the thing is like, she literally said, I'm going to insert ridiculous here mm-hmm. um, because she was so, she struggled. She didn't know what to say. Meanwhile, you have Raja with great energy. She's wearing pants again, but those heels, yeah, they were jarring. Um, what was she thinking? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I love her so much. I love Raja. And she was so, she performed so well. But, you know, again, mm-hmm. they have to find those little things. And yeah, yeah those, those, those boots were a boot. Why did the other three on that team not say, girl, can you wear something else? I don't know. I mean, they were kind of purplish. Sure, in a poop way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> TKB really started from the bottom and is in the lead. Did TKB give us one of the best lyrics in show history? It's quite possible. She did exceptionally well. This was a strong, strong, strong performance. Yeah, you know, admittedly, when the season first started, like I was excited to see what Trinity was going to do. But I all when I think of Trinity, I just think about like how defensive she was on her on her season mm-hmm. um, in season six. And um, I was really concerned that she and a lot of time has obviously passed since uh, since season six. Um, but I gotta say, Trinity is like really like in the top for me now. Like I'm finding myself yeah. for Trinity in a way that I wasn't expecting. I, I fully agree. And I'm gonna pose a question here and see how you respond to it. Was overall the cast of season six stronger than the cast of All Star Six? I mean, I think season six is one of the best casts of all time. I, mean, I think it was a stronger cast. And oh. I think she has a lot more opportunity to be a stronger contender here. Oh, yeah. Because there was no way in hell, you know, in season six, she was anywhere near that top. No. I mean, season six, I think, has one of the best casts of all time. I mean, Bianca, Thor, Courtney, Darian, Lagarde, I mean, Milk, Gia Gunn, Vendela, Jocelyn Fox. Like, that cast was stacked. I need Jocelyn on All-Stars, by the way. I need her yeah. on All-Stars so bad. Um, yeah. So that I, I think that in a way, that's why Trinity is able to excel because her competition isn't as strong as it was in her first season, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, I mean, again, it's also really exciting because think about what would a, a season six have looked like if you didn't have an Adore or a Bianca or a Courtney? I agree. No, I know. Oh, like, that, it, it really is one of the best seasons in franchise history. Yeah. And again, like we can think of it as like a downside of all stars where it's like, there are no front runners, but that's also like, to me, one of the most exciting parts of it is like, you can be surprised by a Kylie Sonique Love or a Raja D O'Hara suddenly at the top when originally, when you look at this cast, you're like, okay, well, it's going to be like Eureka and Ginger that are going to be like at the top the entire time. Um, yeah. So it's exciting. It keeps us it keeps us guessing in a way that we don't really get to do with the show anymore because it's kind of gotten to be a bit. Um, it's a it's a well oiled machine, um, yes. and with that means it can be a little bit predictable. So 
I agree. I'm, I'm excited by the excitement. Team Kylie went for black and white with a colored wig, so that was strong in a cohesive way. Um, Eureka is polarizing, and if you can tell me um, her doing the split and barely able to get back up in time to the music was not bottom worthy, well, then I have a bias here, but I cannot believe she thought that was a good idea. Um, that, for me, was the same thing that Silky did in Queens Everywhere when she showed her cooch and her undergarments and could not get up. It was uncomfortable to watch Eureka. And I really think just for that moment alone, put her in the bottom. Wow. And I think Rue is so biased and loves Eureka that she knew putting Eureka there would have been bad and could have been the reason she would have been gone. Yeah. I think if Eureka would have been in the bottom, she probably would have gone home. Um, yeah. But we also, again, like when Eureka was on season nine, before her injury it was like oh this girl's going to the top and then in season 10 of course like she almost won like she very right. easily could have won so if there was a contract that says she was going to be in the top four i would not have been surprised uh-huh yeah and and what's um what's interesting about this season is that like we haven't had like a breakthrough eureka moment yet and mm-hmm. it seems like the show does not want because i mean like eureka is one of the most famous queens from the show i mean she's on weird sure. here um, she, she is very visible, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, I think that they're not ready to like go of Eureka yet, but yeah, right. I agree. Like, again, for, I'm, I still think it was a travesty when she was in the top for, um, the Super Bowl halftime show, because that was disaster. And again, when you don't put Pandora or, um, Scarlet there and Eureka's there, that really felt biased toward eureka but this is a a, a, we're at the point where everything's nitpicky because i think ginger had great humor was still able to do her rap sing her critiques were more nitpicky than anybody the jacket should have been unzipped really that's what you're gonna critique her on the look was not good and no it wasn't good but again in in a challenge where you got to dress Pandora because you got nothing to wear. It's the same kind of situation where styling is not going to be in, in uh, Ginger's favor. Yeah. But again, double standards on the show, you know? Yep. They, absolutely. They're harsher on a Jan or a Ginger in a, you know, in a music performance challenge than they would be on someone who is not known for this. Exactly. I think Kylie did very well, but it could have had a little more power in the vocals. Um but we kind of knew that coming already that she was going to be softer on that. But I know that height is a thing. And in that last chorus, my very symmetrical mind was broken when they had Eureka behind the main line, causing two Raja member team members not to have a team Kylie member in between them. So whoever made this call should be in the bottom immediately. I think it was probably not any of them. It was probably a PA or someone who was doing the group choreo. Did it bother you as much as it bothered me or did you not even notice? Well, you know, as a directress myself, of course, <laughs> like, you know, the overall like composition and all of that. Yeah, I definitely was wondering what that was about. But that that made me think again, like. Are we setting up Eureka? Well, who was choreographing, you know, who's choreographing the group things? Um, yeah. And were they, uh, were they intentionally trying to have Eureka in a good placement? I don't know. I will say yep. though, I will say though, I love what Eureka brings to the show. Um, 
I, I love the the narrative that she that she brings to uh, to the franchise. I think that she um, is a really exciting reality television character. Um, so yeah. I'm always excited to see Eureka, to see Eureka, but it would be nice to see Eureka um, set up for success the way that I think some of these other queens are being set up for success. Yeah. I think for me personally, this was a really great song. Empowering? No. Will I listen to it again? Probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, no UK hun is it, but no. um, yeah, it's um, it's not one of my absolute favorite of the girl group songs from the show. Um, I, I really wish they would bring someone, I mean, writing in general on the show, I think is a problem. Um, sure. But it would be cool if they would bring in someone who can help them with their lyrics more specifically. Because that's something yeah. that's really missing from the show is like good writing. So, well, that so let, let let's dissect this a little bit. Obviously, when we first started to have any sort of music challenge, it was all Lucian, um, and we have now gotten rid of him because he is an actual psychopath of a human. Um, and now Leland has kind of taken that place, and Leland, who works as a pop uh, music writer, has infused um, a real pop sensibility into the music. He's not there to help with the lyrics. I feel like we have more trouble when it comes to lyric writing on the U.S. version than we do in any other iteration of the show. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's prioritized at all. But also, like, again, writing in general is not prioritized on the show. Because right. we still have these raggedy ass, like, you know, acting challenges with some of the worst scripts ever. Right. Um, now, so I don't when know. you have someone like Leland, who s seems like he's more focused on the the vocal technique and everything. And then you're back in the UK and you have m &E who actually does seem to work with the lyrics a little more. Do Is that the marriage that we need is to have the balance of the two of them? I don't know. I mean, we, we also had Leland say to Ginger that the last line of her verse wasn't, you know, wasn't good enough. So yeah. then you have Jan get up and completely misunderstand the assignment. And you don't have, you know, you don't have the same kind of energy being put into like trying to help Jan succeed. Correct. So, Correct. I mean, or like again in the Coven challenge, like you know, we don't have Michelle Visage coming in and showing them how it's done. Did you have a heart attack? Did you? You probably, as a director, were like, "No, you cannot give a line reading like that." The directing, I'm using big air quotes around <laughs> directing. The directing and the feedback that they give these girls is. So rotten it is rotten well, you, you would never do that to an actor no, ever no. ever i mean it's bad enough to do a line reading but to get up and try to perform it for them like michelle i think it was totally staged i really think it was staged oh my god well they had to i mean they had to they had to show that they were trying really hard to get they, it's true be, you know um to be ready to do that but then also yeah then ross was like you know you know, we didn't pull that out of you. You did it yourself or whatever. So bullshit, whatever. Bullshit, Vivian. Bullshit. Yeah. All right. Category is hot tropics. And in honor, we are going to play Tropic Thunder or Tropic Blunder. Ooh. All right. First up is Jan. Look by Pyretta Victory. Hair by Drag by Sherelle. I really love this look. It's fun. It's flirty. Um, I have seen this on a woman on vacation, having far too many pina coladas from the all-inclusive pool bar. I think the hair is huge for the community. It's a great color on her. I would love to see her do this um, color more often. 
I wish the breastplate was the same color as the rest of the face, but that's the struggle of using a breastplate, especially if you are not someone who does that often. You, you're never really going to match a first try. The print is really obnoxious, but the cut and design of the dress and the coat, spot on. Yeah, I agree. We don't see Jan doing a lot of body or kind of showing like that. So yeah. it was cool to see kind of a different look for Jan. Um, and I thought she looked great. I thought she looked like yeah. really sexy. Um, she was she was like in character. She uh, yeah, I thought she was um, I thought she was great. So it is Zaldi. A, so it is a trap yeah. for me. Zaldi loves the matchy matchy look. Carson says the performance she picked an excellent costume, but wants to get into the heart and soul and what you were uh, what you were challenged. The lyrics were nice, but light. Michelle was missing the inspiration, but it needs to go deeper and tell a bit more. Rue says it was interesting watching because she hit every mark and she's a professional, but the performance lacked soul. I agree. Look, Tropic Thunder. Audience, 79% Tropic Thunder, 21% Tropic Blunder. Mm. Next up, we got Pandora Box. Look by Mindy Lamore. Wigs by Casa Glam Wigs. Headpiece by Angina. This is exceptional for me. Best thing Pandora has worn all season. This is Jet Set Eleganza. The pattern is perfectly vintage and pairs well with the cut of the dress. The hibiscus flower in the red hair is wonderful. I think the red pumps match the color story exceptionally well. The pearl necklace has really brought this look to completion. And I saw on her Instagram that she had to make that um, suitcase because she couldn't find a suitcase that worked. So she patterned it. Yeah. Damn. All right, Pandora. Yeah. I I love the look. She she um she looked like a very heightened version of Pandora Box. It was really, really nice. Mm -hmm. It was really, really exciting to 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 see her look so good. Yeah. Carson says the look is gorgeous and loves the detail. The performance, she faded. Runa notes that dancing is not her forte, and Pandora gives a shout out to her team because they helped her, especially Trinity. Michelle didn't get that much in the lyrics and thinks she wasted two stanzas by saying ha ha ha. For me, this look, hands down, Tropic Thunder. I love it. Yeah, absolutely agreed. She looked really, really great. And I love this, um, you know, we always root for the underdog. So when you have these moments where they, you know, really show up on the runway and Pandora's not known for showing up on the runway. So, nope. um, so it was, um, it was, it was nice to see her look so good. Audience really not on board with this. 69% Tropic Thunder, 31% Tropic Blunder. Not sure why, but I feel like there's a lot of people who watch who want fashion and they're not here for vintage camp. Yeah, I mean, again, we're being set up and trained as an audience to want um, a different thing than what some of these girls do, you know? And yeah, especially the earlier, the earlier season girls, um, it's, it's harder for them to compete, again, like with an Aquaria or a Shea Coulee, like you said, so... Yeah. yeah, it's not shocking, but that's where we are. Raja O'Hara, no designers listed. As she said, she's wearing a two-piece on the runway. I don't care what the category is. She's wearing a two-piece on a main stage of Drag Race. Not acceptable in my eyes. Um, this is boring and uninspiring. Sure, it's not pants for a week, but this was a category where you could explore something different, and I think Raja really missed the opportunity. Um... The best thing was her wig. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she looked great, um, but mm -hmm. it was not as maybe, it was not as elevated um, yeah. as, as maybe the, compared to the other girls. Um, like, get put a caftan on, make it a reveal, do something. To get to that point, this just didn't cut it for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, again, she looked amazing, but um, yeah, it was a little understated for sure. Michelle enjoyed her performance in energy and lyrics. What could have made it perfect was a purple boot instead of a mink boot. Zaldi says the mink boots were making him crazy and the runway, he loves a little skin and just couldn't stop looking at her midriff and thought the look was sexy. Carson is inspired to wear a two-piece. Tropic Blunder for me, just because it literally is a two-piece with nothing else that needs to be a little more on an all-star season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, again, she looks great, but yeah. Audience, 64% Tropic Thunder, 36% Tropic Blunder. Next up, Trinity K. Bonet, no designers listed. She went to Carnival and said, bam, um, if you told me this was in her closet from a pageant, I would believe you. That being said, this is the damn thing. It's drag, it's festive, and she looks fantastic in it. Someone could easily be swallowed up in this look, but Trinity is wearing it and not the other way around. Her beat is sensational with just the right amount of stone and shimmer. Has she worn this hair already? I think so, but who really cares? Yeah. Um, do we care? I don't think so. I don't know. Um, no, I love Trinity. I think um, her carnival look is like, huge and it's very grand and it's it's gorgeous she of course looks stunning um yeah i don't care so much that her she may be wore the same way i think she looks amazing yeah i think she did look amazing and something that maybe i was ignorant in or didn't really take into consideration i had a couple of people when i put the um the toots and boots up on my instagram message me and say that they felt like this look was cultural appropriation and not appreciation. I'm not really sure how I stand with it because I'm not sure I'm educated on this topic with when it comes to carnival looks. Um, but I definitely accept hearing people say that. So it's definitely something that's now been in my mind because um, it's not the first time we've seen a carnival style look on the runway before. Um, if anyone remembers Miss Abby, oh my God, um, basically all she wore for Drag Race Holland. Um, but again, culturally, that's something in her life. Trinity, maybe not the same. Yeah. I mean, but again, we also had Alaska Thunderfuck do come to Brazil and, you know. Exactly. So, so I don't, when it comes to appropriation, you know, as a white person, like I try not to have much of an opinion about it. Exactly. Um, but I, um, uh, I think that she certainly looked amazing. Um, I think that they want her to come to Brazil. <laughs> um, yep. And yeah, I don't know. She looked amazing. Carson says she was insane and so good. The look was all-star level extravaganza and supported it with the Samba steps. Zaldi says she was fun to watch and on point. Rue can tell that looking at the piece, she was the choreographer. Michelle loved how she owned who she is and is proud of it. I will give it a Tropic Thunder because I do think she looked sensational. What do you think? I don't know. Where are you, you going to go? Are you going to thunder or blunder? Um, thunder. Yeah. Audience, 90% Tropic Thunder, 10% yeah. Tropic Blunder. I mean, she looked, she looked amazing. I mean, yeah, I understand. Uh, I understand what people are saying. Um, uh, but yeah, she looks amazing. Eureka, look by Ray Ortiz, hair by Wigs and Grace, jewels by Rocks by Cox, nails by Nails by Glamazon. 
This is campy, and for that, I give her props. I think the colors in the hair are fun. What bothers me is the placement of where she has the beach ball on her leotard because she has the right amount of color, but that white extension makes it very unsatisfying to my eye. But if we're getting right down to it, she's wearing a leotard on the runway of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. It's not going to cut it. Everyone who has worn something like that has been read to filth. Why did she get a pass? Again, is it because of the category? I think, um, no, I think it's because they love Eureka. I think if it's anyone, a bathing suit, I think it's wearing if, a bathing suit. I think if anyone else did that, they would have been completely um, destroyed. Um, I cannot believe Eureka wore that. And having having the beach ball as like a prop or accessory was uh, not was not enough. So this is this is another like double standard at play. I mean, did she look good? Yeah, all of these queens look good. Like even at their mm-hmm. worst, they still look incredible. Um, but yeah, this, this is, is definitely this is definitely another instance of um, Alyssa Edwards could wear anything she wants on the runway. Yeah, yeah. Michelle and Michelle even contradicts herself as she says. It is a bodysuit, but what she loves about it is she came out with a ball and it was fun. She told us what it was like to deal with body issues and that is super important message to put out there. She went deep, but ended it with a symbol crash. Carson would love, would change the pageantry accessories for something like enamel beach balls. Um, I just can't support this look, unfortunately, when you have some other incredible looks and I will give it a tropic blunder. Yeah, definite blunder for me as well. The audience... 43% Tropic Thunder, 57% Tropic Blunder. It was really fun watching this vote sway because it was really, really, really Tropic Blunder from the beginning and then started to meet in the middle. I was like, damn it, why are people, what, what's going on? So I think this was the very, as Eureka is, very polarizing look. Yeah. I was very surprised by it. Yeah. Ginger Minge, hair by Integration, jewels by Gems by Genesis, look by Gidget Galore. I think this is fun, and the greens and white pair well with the tiniest tinsel ginger hair. No, it's not tiny, it's huge, it's ginger. But um, I don't mind the size of the fabric and being a lot because it is tropical, it flows in the wind. I just wish she had a little bit of a necklace. And also, ginger is the queen of detail. There is so much stoning on that garment. It is, it is beautiful. Overall, it's a safe look for ginger. Yeah, I um, I wonder if Ginger thought she did well enough in the performance that she didn't need to like really show up on the runway. Sure. Um, because it was um, it was good. And again, if Jan hadn't worn what she wore, I think we would have been responding to it differently. Absolutely, absolutely. Michelle says her lyrics were her favorite of the night because they were funny, sassy, but deep. She did not like the look. Carson wanted her to open up the jacket so she wasn't segmented into two. Zaldi felt the look swallowed her up with too much volume, but she looked stunning. I'll give it a Tropic Thunder. Um, yeah, but it's a very, very, very safe one. Yeah, safe Tropic Thunder for me as well. I mean, Audience, she, 50, she, looked great. she looked great. Yeah, I agree. Audience, 54% Tropic Thunder, 46% Tropic Blunder. And finally, Kylie's Unique Love, look by Jose, uh, Josie Azakar, wig by wigs by Hasoon. Wow, this was a moment. Um, the green is a great color on her. The nude lip is delightful. 
I love the hair so much. It's the best drag hair she's worn all season. The feathers are covering up a Leo in the way that it is still elevating the entire look and still gives her a great shape. It's got elements of something basic, but she's able to amplify it in a way that's eye-pleasing drag and it's a statement piece. You know what? Her ass is out! She looks incredible. <laughs> yeah. This look is out of control, amazing. Um, mm -hmm. Kylie has really been showing up on this runway this entire season. Yeah. And this look, when she came out, and the fact that she's wearing green and Michelle was like, <laughs> yeah, excited about it. Yeah, she, this is one of the best looks. This is one of the best looks of the season, I think. She looks so I agree. Good. She looks so good. Rue calls her a bombshell. Zaldi calls the look out of this world. It's retro but modern. Michelle loves the green hair on her. The lyrics were almost inspirational. Carson loved her look and the performance. For me, this is a Tropic Thunder, hands down, best look of the night. For sure. Yeah, incredible. Audience, 97% Tropic Thunder, 3% Tropic Blunder. Everyone was here for it. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying. Rue has decided that the winner of the week will be Trinity K. Bonet, and she will win $5,000 courtesy of our friends at Snag Tights. Snag yeah. Tights. Good thing it wasn't a gift certificate to Snag Tights because that would have went in the garbage. Raja, Eureka, Kylie, and Ginger are safe. That means Pandora and Jan are the sole bottom two all-stars of the week. We already expressed how I felt about this. I would have put Eureka in the bottom simply for that fucking split and for the look. How do you feel about the overall placements of R7? Um, uh, I think it makes sense. Um, especially with the way that this season has been going. Um, sure. I, I think it fits into this Jan is being destroyed, you know, systematically by the show, uh, by her going, you know, by her being in the bottom for um, an episode like this. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes sense. I think um, um, one thing that I do find interesting is that they're doing a lot of just bottom twos this, this season. Mm -hmm. And um, you used to never know if it was gonna be a bottom three, if it was gonna be a bottom two. Um, all of that feels very kind of a little suspicious. Oh, um, absolutely. And I think that really is the only way Rue is allowed to enforce her opinion in decisions. Yeah. And because again, as, as we alluded to earlier, if Eureka was in a bottom three here, she very much could have gone home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, al I always love at this point where in, in, in the season where it's like, okay, is this like strategy? Um, is this, um, is this like production? Um, Cause like Jan being like, you know, I'm, you know, they want me to go home because they're threatened by me um, is always like a very interesting narrative when, when people have that on the show. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Well, Trinity is officially the front runner. She has won twice. Ginger jokes that they should have voted her out first. Well, can't get rid of her now. Pandora doesn't feel great because she is not really an answer. She wishes she revealed more about herself. And when she's asked what she would have said, she would have talked more about loving herself because it's taken her so long to actually love herself. She wants to be there so bad. It's what she wants. It's she's waited for it for eight years. 
Raja empathizes with Pandora, but she doesn't know why she's been holding back. We've kind of alluded to why we think she may have. Um, because, yeah, anything we've learned about Pandora on the show in the past has been a lot more subtle and is not necessarily empowering, per se, but important topics to discuss. Mm-hmm. Jan has now decided to throw in some emotions. She says that she tried to show more, a more fun side of herself. She tried to do more and bring the fun energy. I thought she was about to say the word funk, and I've been like, no, girl, no, don't say the word again. Yeah. But she's not strict about herself and her work ethic, but she doesn't know what Mark's hit at this point. Kylie tells Jan that she needs to be happy, comfortable, and relaxed because they want to see beyond her. We have all these queens episode after episode telling Jan what they want out of her. Yet she's not taking that in. Why? Maybe she thinks that it does not apply to her. I don't know. Maybe she maybe she is confident in a way where she um, does not think that she's having those problems. Um, right. Or um, maybe she thinks that she is applying these notes and it just isn't being taken as far. I don't, I don't know. I, um, I've been so fascinated by Jan this season because it does seem a little uh, milk storyline from right. All Stars 3. It feels a little bit like, you know, a little uh, um, unaware of kind of what's going on. But people, you know, again, and we've talked about it a couple of times at this point, you know, she has always been very supported. You know, she she is probably a very empowered person. You know, she of course has been received very well um, by the fan base. She was Absolutely. robbed in her initial season, which always makes people more popular. So um, so I don't I don't know. It's um it has been very interesting to watch though, because it, um, it's I, I agree. Very, she's very clearly yeah. not incorporating notes. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where we have been told that every season needs a hero, a villain, an underdog, an antagonist. Going into the season, if you told me the quote-unquote villains of the season would have been Raj and Silky, I would have believed you because we've seen that already. Mm-hmm. If you told me that we would get a, a Eureka storyline where we're being bashed in the head about her, we're getting that. But she's not the anti- antagonist of the season because the show loves her. So it's kind of falling on Jan, mm-hmm. whether she created it or not, she's giving the producer something to work with to give her a negative story arc because you need one of those in the season. And unfortunately it's fallen to her. You can't deny she said the things that she said, but no one else is giving you that the way she is. And she has been, she's not a villain. I'm not going to call her a villain, but she is the antagonist of the season. A lot of times it's easy for the try hard to become the villain. Mm-hmm. Think about think about Laganja, for example. Absolutely. You know, on her, she was not a villain, you know. She, I mean, she certainly had, you know, like interpersonal drama with with some of the other contestants, but it was because she was trying so hard that she had kind of like villain- she was artificial. Yeah, and I think and Jan, Jan felt artificial. He's falling into that kind of same fate. Yeah. Trinity tells Pandora, who doesn't feel it's her time to leave. Trinity asks Pandora about the track record, and Pandora doesn't have a win but she's been consistent and has done well and reminds Trinity, this is Jan's third time in the bottom. Mm -hmm. Trinity tells Jan it's a sucky situation, especially since they both were on in the bottom, but 
and on her team, but this is Jan's third time at bottom. Jan says while she has had lows, she's really she's had really high highs. She can bounce back. She has the fight. Jan wants to be next to Trinity, singing the house down, killing the choreography in the final form, and slightly throws Pandora under the bus and says that she doesn't know if Pandora can do those things while well, she knows she can. Again, neg- it's negative in the full arc of Jan, but this is smart strategy. Good for you, Jan, for stepping up and saying that. You are fighting for your life. She is definitely weaponizing her BFA. <laughs> but sure. I mean, that is, I mean, that is it, the, it is a very like cutthroat, like musical theater girl kind of thing to do. It is a very Rachel Berry thing to do. I, what I love about it is that it is really Jan stepping into herself um, and, yeah. not, and, and not like pretending she's doing anything else. Um, so I love it for that. Um, uh, but I don't love it when it's against someone like a Pandora who is very right. clearly the underdog. And we are, I think, you know, even if we recognize that Pandora is not like the same type of performer as some of these, these other contestants, we're still mm-hmm. rooting for Pandora because so many of us can see ourselves in Pandora, you know, Absolutely. like intimidated by the pressure of the room, um, you know, struggling with like, anxiety like it is very easy to relate to a pandora so then when you have someone who is very confident like jan it seems very desperate to kind of like put pandora down to put herself up but it also makes sense it also is her playing the Mm -hmm. game it's true we're back on the main stage and it's time to find out who the lip sync assassin is this week bam from season three all-stars one and all-stars five it's alexis mateo were you excited to see her again i'm always excited to see alexis yeah i um yeah it was not the drama of uh, when we had um, Vanjie come in for um, uh, come in for Alexis last season. I always love it when there's a lot of drama. Like when we had Jessica Wilde yeah. uh, there for um, uh, the episode Yara. where Yara, yeah. yeah. Um, I always love it when it feels like a person is being brought in for a certain reason. Um, but uh, no, I always love seeing Alexis. Bam. The song is Dance Again by Jennifer Lopez. How appropriate with the JLo-inspired looks on the runway this week. Um, this should be a slam dunk for Alexis, but Trinity was really giving it to you. She was hot, she was sexy, but she forgot to glue down her human hair unit. When Trinity's wig went flying, it was over. She could not save herself. That yellow hair was present and it ruined the illusion. Oh, God, this could have been one of those epic lip syncs. I have to wonder if it was on purpose. The look that she gave when it came off, she was very obviously not happy with the wig coming off. But again, some of these some of these choices that have to be made, like you have to think that they're considering, I don't want to send out a fan favorite. Okay. I don't understand. Uh, so a lot of times when the wig comes off, I'm like, was that on purpose? Because. All right. So let's now move forward because this decision can come back to haunt her if it was on purpose. Alexis is deemed the winner and it's time to reveal which lip sync the group has selected. She takes the lipstick from her titty and it reads Pandora. She's gutted. But wait! Alexis says that she has another one. Pulls it out of her wrist. It reads Jan. It is a tie. 
Rue and her bad acting knew there was a tie. Come on. You're a fucking producer on this goddamn show. You know our, what the results are. For the first time in Drag Race history, it is a group tie. All star rules state that in the event of a tie, the power of elimination returns to the top all star of the week. Trinity must step forward and reveal who she has selected, and her pick is Jan. Jan was shaking. She was shocked. She was gooped. She was gagged. Trinity tells Jan that she looks up to her and tells her to stay on 110 and never come down. In confessional, Jan thinks they voted her out because she is a threat. She thinks she has gone too soon. She believes people will want to see more of her. Not sure if that's really the case, but let's discuss this time. Were you gooped, gagged, and shocked? Yeah, I loved it. Because the relief that you saw on Jan's face when Pandora was selected, just the entire roller coaster of like emotions, like it really does fit into this narrative of like, they're trying to destroy Jan. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's kind of, I don't want to say fun, but it is interesting to watch someone who is very confident kind of like, get taken on this like emotional roller coaster because right. we would never want to see this for like a Pandora. You know what I mean? Like we would never want to see that kind of like, you know, emotional manipulation that way. Sure. Um, but watching Jan go through it and the way that you could just see her like so happy that she was not going home and then immediately so upset to be going home on this particular yeah. challenge. It just reminded me so much of that. Like, you know, like you said, like she's going to get another bathroom out of this. Like, you know, it's uh, it is very reminiscent of the Madonna challenge where she mm -hmm. was not expecting that to happen. I loved it. No, no. So I don't know much about when it comes to what the rules are and what the contestants are actually told mm -hmm. as a um, uh, big fan and 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 um, oh, super fan of shows like Survivor. There are moments when unprecedented things happen and then the rules are revealed. Like, there was a tie in the final vote for Survivor. What happens? Well, the third place finisher gets to cast their final vote, and that's the winner of the season. Never happened before. It took 36 seasons, and it was fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, now six seasons into this All-Stars, we have this moment happen. They all speculated what would happen in the situation. Is there, like, an official rule book that they had to go through? It, was this a timeout of filming where Rue and the producers had to discuss what happens next? Yes, reality TV is heavily produced. It's not a surprise to anybody. I really, this is the episode that if there's ever like a behind the scenes like documentary of, I want to know what happened. Like Jeff Probst walked us through what happened when there was a tie vote um, in season 40 and uh, 40, uh, 31. And then there was a tie vote in 36. Like he walked us through, like how did the, the, um, the whiteboard, dry erase, and everything. Is that what happened here? Or did they say, okay, cut, Rue, you know what you're doing here? How influenced was Rue and how bad acting did she get to produce? Well, I think, I think Trinity could have won that lip sync, but it would not have been as exciting as the drama of the tie. So sure. I think even if the wig didn't come off, I think Alexis was gonna win anyway because we needed to have that drama. Um, I love when Rue introduces the idea of like, you know, the rules are this when it's like, y'all are just making up the rules. So I don't know if this is a rule that existed before this moment happened or if it was a rule that was, um, you know, decided upon. 
But um, I loved it. I loved all the drama of that. It was yeah. it was chaos, drama, madness, etc. Yeah, because I mean, they conjectured what would happen in this situation. We, I did it on the podcast. We, no one knew. So I, I do wonder as a contestant, if you were Jan contractually, are you able to protest this? Um, can you put a pause on production and say, I protest this? Let me see the rule book. Or is this just how reality TV goes and you accept it and say, good TV, good TV. I'll see you later. I think it's that. I think there's no official rule book. I think they're figuring it out. And, but I yeah. actually, I think the only rule book is that they have to create good TV. And so that's what yep. we're doing. Yeah. Let's go through on Tux a little bit. Um, Pandora, she knew she was going to be in the bottom. It was a challenge that wasn't her strength, but she really worked really hard. The curse of the group challenge has gotten Jan again, which means maybe you're not a team player. <laughs> Kylie thinks it's sickening that they got to talk to RuPaul again during the walkthroughs. She loves them. She feels like she's in the presence of someone who truly sees her and wants to see her. We kind of already talked about that, but it's, it's, it, I want to believe it's genuine because I am such a Kylie fan. Mm-hmm. I, oh my God. Just, just the track record of Rue. I don't know. Yeah. I, it is very easy for us, and I am in no way playing devil's advocate here at all. The devil, yeah, no, of course. The, the devil is <laughs> But it, it is nice to kind of see a different perspective, a different trans perspective on Rue. Yes. Because we don't, we haven't really gotten that, you know. Right. Um, so I appreciate it, um, and whether or not it's, whether or not it is something that Rue was trying to do or not. It seems like it is genuine to Kylie. It seems like Kylie genuinely, like even if Rue had written self-love on everyone's calendars or whatever at that meet and greet thing, like Kylie took that to heart. And I think that that is really Mm -hmm. special. And so, um, you know, who knows, you know, who knows like what Rue was trying to do, but it seems like the way that Kylie received it is the way that Kylie wanted to receive it. And I think that's powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've had a moment in a meet and greet where I got to meet one of my idols and um, Adam Lambert and Adam Lambert's fans are usually middle-aged women. Um, so when I got up there, he smiled at me because I was probably the first gay man he had seen in like 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I always had the connection with him. I was like, oh my God, he's smiling at me. He noticed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, he probably did the same thing with 10 other twinks later, but it was just that connection between me and Adam Lambert. And I, I, I understand it. I understand where Kylie's coming from. Yeah. But because Rue just has that track record of being so trans contestants on my show, never, mm-hmm. it, it, it just, it feels a little jarring, but I, I want to believe her. I really do. Yeah. I don't know if it's fact, but the feeling is nice. So yeah. If this Absolutely. Is, if this is if this is the fantasy that Kylie is living, then I love that. Yeah, Raja liked this work, this walkthrough, but it is nerve wracking. She just wants to talk and connect. Eureka thinks it's the presence of RuPaul because she's super tall and regal and always looks good. And as Ginger says, yeah, she signs the checks. Eureka thinks it's a fan thing at first, but still gets nervous around room. Ginger said she used to clench up during All Stars two and season seven and wasn't receiving the information that Ru was giving. Jan got more comfortable as time went on, but it is RuPaul. This is the self-indulgent Ru episode of Untucked, apparently, because everyone's just praising Ru. Jan heard laugh, make it funny, don't be preachy, but she missed the part about being inspirational. She is now admitting to the group she dropped the ball. 
Ginger heard that you reach more people when you don't preach. You have to tell your story and let the people who need to hear it, hear it. And then Kylie feels calm and she can look at Rue and feel like this is a person just like her. Her words motivated her to get to where she is today. Seeing Rue on TV was inspirational because it represented someone who got to wear a dress and live their life. She remembers looking at that and feeling like she'll be okay. Was there an icon that made you feel okay with who you were growing up? I have a very, very distinct memory of hearing Hit Me Baby One More Time on the radio um, mm-hmm. when I was 10 years old. And um, I just immediately connected with Britney Spears. And yeah, I almost wore my free Britney shirt. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think it's um, uh, obviously a very different experience from you know what Kylie is kind of sharing, but it is I think really important when you kind of feel seen by someone or you feel like you are less alone because of um, how someone else is you know being received or the spotlight someone else is getting. And um, that was like definitely a very queer awakening for me was you know getting to uh, getting to hear Britney Spears and see the visuals that she was putting out and kind of what she represented. Um, and uh, I remember calling into my local radio station and asking them to play the song again. And they were like, little girl, it's coming back on in 30 minutes. <laughs> and so like, that was like a major moment for me of like, um, you know, oh, well, you know, this is who, maybe this is who I am. Um, yeah. So I, I actually loved hearing Kylie share that story um, because again, like that is, her, that is true to her. You know, that is true to her. And, yep. you know, it is it is also Gia's truth that, you know, she um, had a has a very combative relationship with Rue and does not like the way that, you know, Rue has um, um, provided opportunities for representation or not. So um, right. I, I like hearing this, this side of things. Um, it does give us a moment of like, is she playing to production? Like, is this, you know, is this her trying to be the first like trans winner of right. the show? Um, which, you know, she would be an absolutely deserving, you know, winner of, of the show. And it would be amazing to have, you know, a trans winner, um, especially- the- No, there is, there, there is someone who who's wishing Kylie will not win because they want to be the first trans winner over in Holland. Oh, right. Miss mm-hmm. Vanessa really wants that crown. Yeah. But I think there's there's a really nice uh, full circle moment if Kylie were to, you know, and this is all speculation, of course, but if Absolutely. Kylie were to end up being the first trans winner of the show, that would be really incredible because she's the first person to come out as trans on the show as well. I agree. I think it would be great. For me, the person that I would, I wouldn't say that I knew who I was, but it's someone who made me realize that being who you are is okay was Freddie Mercury. Because yeah. I, as a diehard music fan, like, I love classic rock. And when I listened to Queen, I was like, this is my music. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older and started to learn who Freddie Mercury was and how he was who he was. And yet in a world of macho straight men who love Queen, mm-hmm. it didn't matter. It didn't matter who he was to them because he was an artist who, in my opinion, the greatest male voice in the history of music. Yeah. Um, but it was some, it was him and his style of music that then led me to find the scissor sisters and mika and artists like that and well adam lambert yeah exactly their music did um wean me over to the gay world because well it's all queer music right but it's important to know to know who those icons are and to celebrate them so it is i think cool to hear kylie speak of this 
She also says that she knew there were times when Raja was feeling sad previously, but hearing her lyrics, she knew she was, she knows the instructions on how to put yourself back together. Raja says she had to feel the bad feelings and throw them out the door. And remember, you're good, you're worthy, you're born to be great. This really is a transformation for Raja this season. Um, She's allowed other people's opinions to affect who she is, but she hopes those lyrics will speak to someone else and help them like they helped her. It's definitely a 180 for Raja this season because uh, were there many Raja fans when season 11 ended? Debatable. Yeah, I've, um, I I said it earlier, but I've loved watching this kind of transformation for Raja. Um, But I mean, I think anyone who goes in the show the first time is going to learn a lot about themselves. You know, for a lot of these people, they're seeing themselves on TV for the first time. They're seeing like how they uh, present themselves. Um, And, you know, Raja said it even like in the Meet the Queens video, you know, she, you know, she was just being a bitch the first time yep. that she was in there. Um, and so it is really nice to see, because it feels very genuine with Raja too. And right. like with, with like last week's episode, how she got so emotional. Um, I think it's I think it's really, really nice for Raja. Like, is she gonna end up walking away with the crown? Who knows? Um, but even her getting this much, um, this much of a redemption, I feel like this is a true redemption for Raja because she's, Absolutely. Been, she's mostly been at the top this entire season. She's had incredible commentary and talking heads. Um, and maybe the people who did not give her enough credit the first time around are able to, you know, see who she is now. So Absolutely. I think a lot of new fans from from this this time around. Kylie has notes in her room that tell her to work out. Thank the universe. Be good to yourself. I have notes on my phone that are my wild dreams about um, people who destroy my life, but a little different, a little different. Meanwhile, Eureka has a wall of post-it notes that say crazy shit. Some of them include, why are you acting crazy? Calm the fuck down. That was fun. I liked her admitting that she's crazy. Do you have a wall of post-it notes of inspiring words? I do not, but maybe I need one. (laughs) I think we all should try it out for a week, see how it goes. Yeah, I I liked... I, I always like when Eureka kind of has these moments to kind of get real because she knows like what her lane is, you know, she knows yeah. that her lane is to be like big and boisterous and have a big personality and, you know, doing her kicks and, you know, like she knows, she knows what she's known for and what she's appreciated for. So I always love when she kind of like gets, gets vulnerable um, because yeah, she, absolutely. because she does it very, very well and it comes very easily to her. So I always appreciate those moments. The lip sync assassin is on site. It's Alexis Mateo. Sickening. No, she doesn't have COVID. She's good. She can be here. <laughs> we get a montage of her dancing and lip syncing. Um, now she's back to tell them that she is still the queen. I guess uh, when it comes to actually a lip sync assassin, she would be considered one. She's always been ex- one who excelled at a lip sync. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike, you know, Jessica Wilde, who lost her one and only lip sync. <laughs> Kylie is not wearing a sitting dress, lays on the couch as Jan holds her legs. Eureka and Ginger head outside with their cigarettes because, come on, redneck chain smokers, will they break the chairs? Apparently, Eureka has already. Can we have video proof of this? Because that's funny if that's true. Yeah, she broke a chair on either season nine or season 10. Um, it's during like an untucked or something. Yeah, she she broke like a like a tall chair that she was sitting Okay. Yeah, that's funny. funny. Eureka didn't think Carson was right that she should have been shouldn't be wearing her pageant jewelry, but whatever. She's still going to take it. Ginger knows they loved her performance and her story and watching her on stage, but they didn't like that stupid coat. 
Back inside, Pandora was apprehensive about the choreo, but Raja appreciates what she brought to the group. Raja hates that she has to choose between her teammates. The closer she bonds with the girls, the harder it is to vote. She knows that friendships and sisterhoods won't get them to the end because they all have the same goal. Jan knows that both her and Pandora's performances were not what they were looking for, but she appreciated that Pandora put her humor at the forefront. It allowed her to go outside of her comfort zone. The way that Jan is talking is like she believes that she'll be saying and Pandora is a goner. Yeah. I, um... I don't... I don't know... Um, I don't know where that confidence comes from from with what we've seen just on this episode you know what i mean right like um, obviously there's a lot of unaired footage from this episode sure. alone that she may have had those feelings but i agree i was like where are you what yeah um because also like you know we had this split vote last time with her so like she mm-hmm. can't think that she can't think that she's like the most popular girl in the room she's polarizing I, yeah so i don't yeah i don't i don't know where that comes from Eureka wanted to win this week. She did all that she had to, but she is happy for Trinity. She feels like she needs the win at this point, but she feels that if the next episode they get to one winner and she doesn't have a higher track record, what's going to happen to her? Ginger brings up how she feels about Pandora versus Jan. Jan has been in the bottom, but she won and has been in the top. Eureka poses the question, how many times do you have to be in the bottom to cancel out a win? As much as she loves Pandora, she wants to see what Jan is going to do next. She's excited to watch her. Very interesting conversation here because obviously this isn't with the rest of the group. And when we reveal the votes, clearly Eureka and Ginger are on the same page here. How many bottoms do cancel out a win? See, I just don't know. It always seems very like specific to the person and very circumstantial because sometimes, yeah. sometimes it does not matter. And sometimes it really matters. Like, I don't, um, I'm sure, I'm sure you've watched it, but the pit stop with Laganja and Trixie, when they were talking about this, even Laganja and talking about it, she was like, you know, these things don't really matter. And then by the time she got to talking about, they got to talking about Jan and how she had two bottoms, um, Laganja was like, and you know, this is the way that we figure it out. So it's like, it is very inconsistent in the way that yeah. they make these decisions. I mean, it's, it's very like the judging on legendary, like it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't, um, I don't know if there's any real math to it. Yeah. Um, I think it really, I mean, with, with, with the rumors of how things may work on a, you know, all winter season, right. points will matter. So we'll see how that, that version works out. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it is hard when you're watching the show and you see production at play, um, to yeah. know like how legitimate these things are. Um, like, if, for example, we knew what all the rules were, you know, like if, if we knew like how these things were judged or like what things actually went into play with the judging, then like it would make it easier to uh, rationalize someone winning or losing or going home right. or playing or being safe or any of those things. But I guess that's also part of the thrill of the show is that we really don't know. Absolutely. Jan, Pandora, they sit outside together as Jan thanks Pandora for being a nice and positive person throughout their experience. Pandora loves Jan's positive, positive, peppy energy a lot and wants to take some of that with her. We watch as Alexis is deemed the winner of the lip sync and the wild experience of a tie. Alexis is such a bad actor here also. Obviously, <laughs> she had to be taken aside and be like, 
Okay, so secretly slip this into your wrist and don't tell anyone. But the votes are as follows. Eureka, Ginger, and Jan for Pandora. Raja, Pandora, Kylie, and Trinity are for Jan. Any of those votes surprise you? I, um, at first I was surprised about Ginger because Ginger seems to be someone who is trying to like play the game fair. Um, and at the same time, she's obviously forming a relationship with Jan. Um, so it, that was interesting to me. Um, but also you'd think that you would want to keep the person around who maybe has not been as impressive. Um, so while Jan had two bottoms, she also won a challenge and she could right. have won, could have won another challenge at least. Um, so it, it is, it is interesting. The ginger thing is interesting to me um, uh, because it seems like she does, she doesn't have any like individual rules for how she makes these decisions. Um, yeah. But the rest of them kind of made sense to me. I know I throw out like alliances and, and strategery out in the universe when it comes to all this shit. Do you think in the conversation between Eureka and Ginger, because again, this was split from the two people outside and the other people inside. Do you think when they were talking about track record that the two of them thought if we keep Jan, her track record is going to be worse than ours. So if we're ever in the bottom with her, she will go home before us. Maybe for Ginger, but not for Eureka. Eureka hasn't won. <laughs> yeah. Um, because again, Ginger and Pandora, I believe, are close. They have worked together many times. When it comes to um, campy drag queens, they are in the same circle with obviously Darian and Mrs. Kasha Davis and the older queens. Like they, they all know each other. They're all friendly. They've worked together. So it is a little surprising to see Ginger pick Jan over Pandora. But I, I do wonder if that is a thought process because you have to look at it. It's getting down to that nitty gritty. And if someone has that one extra bottom over you, it's easy to knock them out. Yeah. But we've also seen Ginger really work hard to associate herself with popular queens on the franchise. Sure. 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 I mean, lest we forget the Katya's my BFF. <laughs> so right. I, mean, I think part of it is, you know, Ginger looking out for the fact that Jan has a very big, you know, fan yeah. base and maybe she's trying to become, you know, a fan of Jan's fans. <laughs> yeah. Jan wants to be present instead of angry and hurt. She's going to take the bad with the good. She went from eighth place on season 12 to seventh place on All-Star 6. Will she get six on All-Star 10? I don't think so. I think she, I think she done as an All-Star. This was Jan's time, and she doesn't know if she'll be back again, but in her eyes, she is an All-Star. It's been a year for her. She feels like she has more to prove and more to show, but she's ready to get back in the ring, so play this game. Let's do it. I got some burning questions to finalize and end this podcast. What is Jan's legacy? Um, well, first I want to say, I think Jan is incredibly talented. I Absolutely. think when it comes to vocalists in the entire franchise, she's like top three for sure. Um, I think her legacy will be uh, the Jantasy, you know, uh, uh, maybe being a little bit disillusioned, um, but very, very talented. And yeah. um, she is one of those queens that grew up on Drag Race, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think her peppiness and her eagerness um, will kind of continue to be what she's known for. But I think 
her real legacy is that she's kind of like a robbed queen that has been like completely fucked right. up, like has been fucked up by the show. Um, because I do think that, I mean, we joke about it, but uh, it seems like the show is really trying to break her down. I agree. And I, um, I, I've talked about it on the podcast before where I am very much an advocate when it comes to reality TV and the shows needing to do a better job at not only training their contestants for post-show life, mm-hmm. but also encouraging them to work with a therapist through all this because it is a new world. This was not the greatest showing of Jan and the producers really let her have it. And psychologically, it's going to affect her. I do hope that she has, we know she has the support system around her. I do hope she does work with people to take what was shown of her and spin it in a positive way. Because I think you can take that peppy high energy, make fun of it, but also encourage people and be like, you can be determined if you know your true self. And I hope she's able to take that as she moves forward. Um, because otherwise there are going to be fans who are going to destroy her. Um, because I, again, with the people who messaged me about this episode, I've not had anyone, I've not had any contestant get this much hate. I've had yeah. so many people dislike her. Yeah. People don't like watching people be confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we saw it with, oh my God, we saw it with Britta Filter. I mean, like Britta, Britta was like, yeah. and the biggest reason why she was destroyed was because she was too confident on the show and people don't like that. Um, and I think part right. of it is like, you know, there is this kind of- uh, she, also, she also had, unfortunately had to take the brunt of someone else's storyline, uh, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. And we all know that. And we have to acknowledge that that was not fully Britta. Yeah. But- but it's um, that is like a consistent thing on the show is sure. um, for whatever reason, the fan base does not seem to like people who are some people who are confident. Yeah. It's finally time for Snatch Game of Love. Why do we got to do this version? Why? I hate it. <laughs> I, I try not to be a hater. You know, I, I love all the girls. I love all the episodes. You know, I um, I understand why they do it from just like a formatting change but like it doesn't set anybody up for success um and it doesn't it doesn't make the show look good ultimately um so who do you think's going to excel well i think that they are really setting us up for a major success or a major fail for pandora i think i think pandora is either going to win this next episode or she's going to go home yeah. Um, but um, I, I, I agree. I also think you um, did very well um, in Snatch Game. Um, her Honey Boo Boo was so funny. So who I knows? I couldn't stand it. No, 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 I couldn't. Uh, for me, I mean, there's one person who's done this challenge twice and has excelled both times, and that's Ginger. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for Ginger, it's going to come down to character choice because Adele was excellent. Tammy Faye Baker was excellent does she have a third character that's going to be equally as good? Because all eyes are on her. Um, Raja has never played the game. So this is um, a big opportunity for her to showcase herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have Kylie who that was the first time they ever played the game. So she's had a lot of time to grow. It's going to come down to character selection for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard some rumors. Again, nothing is 
fact until I see it on my TV screen. It's going to be some interesting characters if they are, in fact, who they say they're going to be playing. Yeah, I mean, Kylie gave us the worst of the Gagas that we've that we've seen on right. the show, unfortunately, um, the first time around. Um, yeah, Ginger, definitely, I think this is going to be, um, I think similarly to Pandora, I think this next episode is really going to show us um, how those two queens are going to do for the rest of the season. Um, yep. I really think Pandora is either, I, I think Pandora is either going to win or she's going to go home next season. Uh, next yeah, I, I, I worry that this was a confidence destroyer for her and I can see her crumbling. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I have a bit of a controversial question to pose for you. All right. So this season started with seven queens of color. Mm-hmm. We are left with two. How did we get here? Well, I think the show historically has, um, uh, well, that's not true. Not historically, because we had a lot of queens of color at the beginning. Um, uh, Cause our first white queen was the queen that we should not say her name anymore, uh, Sharon Needles, right? She was the first white queen. I believe queen. so. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the beginning of the series, we had a lot of queens of color who were always doing very, very well. And then we kind of went into this period in the franchise where it was a lot of white queens um, starting around like, I don't know, like season seven maybe, um, where we started getting a lot of, of that. Um, it is hard to think that um, they would like intentionally kick off the queens of color on the show. Um, sure. Especially, you know, it's, it's, it was 2020 when they filmed this. Um, well, I guess I guess the question is, are we casting queens of color of talent or are we casting queens to fill a quota? Yeah. And that's something interesting. And I don't know if if anyone else has noticed that or if I'm just analyzing things because I analyze Drag Race in a way I do it for a podcast. Um, but it was a moment jarring looking at, um, cause I was on my phone. I had like the seven runways and I was like, oh my God, this, how, how did six white Queens turn into only five? Like what, how, how did we get here? So it's just uh, very interesting to observe. Um, Maybe it is a casting thing. Maybe it's not. Because there are a lot of queens of color who are fucking talented that have not been on an all-star season yet. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think that the fan base is inherently racist. You know, the most mm-hmm. popular queens are are typically the white and blonde queens. Um, yep. so I think that's something that is already a problem within the franchise. Um, you know, the idea of like, are they filling a quota, I think is, you know, problematic. Um, I think um, also because of the structure of all-stars, with them voting for themselves. Um, I think that that also kind of plays a part um, because it seems like a lot of it um, can become very complicated because of interpersonal stuff. Um, right. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I definitely have noticed that, you know, we started with a very different dynamic than what we have now. Absolutely. I ask it every episode, it's time to answer. After seven, after seven episodes, the winner of the season is um i've i have been really all about uh team raja from the beginning of this Mm -hmm. season um but as the season has been going on i really i'm really seeing more of a a kylie sonique love win Um, i am too i feel like the edit is falling right in her lap 
Yeah, but I also think Trinity K. Bonet. So my my top three are are Trinity K. Bonet, Kylie Sonique Love, and Raja D. O'Hara. Yep, I th- I think it's going to be a, a fun ending because there there are so many ways it can go, mm-hmm. I, and as you said, next week's going to be a very very important win for whoever wins it because it's either going to be a new win, um, a third win, or a second win, and that will play a huge part when it comes down to voting. Yeah, I I absolutely never would have thought this would have been my top three. When the cast was announced, I was like, okay, well, it's going to be Eureka or Ginger. Ginger. Um, so it has been interesting to see that that is not how it's been going. Because also- my, my, my top three was, I had Kylie as your winner, second place Ginger, third place Trinity. So I'm feeling happy right now. Yeah. Um, but- you never know Raja could be like fuck y'all I win so yeah and also like Raja may go in and do her first snatch game and be hysterical and amazing and win and then she's you know suddenly tied with Trinity and then you know who knows what's gonna happen after that I think um, we're gonna get snatch game of love and then we're gonna figure out soon thereafter what this game within a game thing is and we're gonna see how that is gonna like shake things up Um, oh I can't wait yeah, so um, do you know when it's, like how many episodes do we have left until that happens? I don't want any spoilers, but when is it, uh, when's that supposed to happen? Do you know? I do. Okay. Yep, I do. Um, where can we find you on social media and Venmo and, and any projects you want to plug? Oh my gosh, um, I am DJ Gray, D-E-E-J-A-Y-G-R-A-Y on all social media. Um, follow me, uh, DM me, chat me up. I'm excited to talk to people. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. Welcome to the Block Talk family. I'm sure I'll have you on many, many, many times going forward. Thanks for being here. Yeah, this is so fun. Thank you so much. I love talking about the show and um, this is a blast. Thank you so much. The biggest thanks to DJ for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block and that was Block Talk. <laughs>